street six miles. Things, nigga. But it's uh, going down. down. You want I come from a city where they love to hate, especially on the triple six. They see we really got bellies and business, and they hate that shit. They try to come up over us. The radio even help them at it. But y'all ain't got no bones, so hang it up, you silly rabbits. So I'ma keep on hurting you boys by making this motherfucking world rock. Side the fucking sides, been for years, and man, we still ain't stopped. We still riding clean, making cheese and carrying plastic boxes. Please don't try to test us, cause you know we'll let these bitches pop. On you hoes, you haters, you niggas really like us. Cause if you beg us, then you will try to sound so much like us. I'm the K, I N G, O F M P H N S, H C P. So welcome back. Today we have Milton and Leah. Can y'all say hello? And hello. What's up? Well, okay, this is gonna be a short podcast. <laughs> uh, no, so uh, Milton, tell us what you do. Oh, long question. Um, so uh, by day, I am uh, director of public relations uh, for Memphis Tourism, responsible for. Uh, promoting Memphis, uh, generating media coverage for Memphis uh, internationally and domestically. Uh, so usually before COVID, I was traveling the world uh, promoting Memphis from Australia to New York uh, and L.A. and places like that, uh, generating media coverage. So if you saw something uh, and if you see a positive story about Memphis in the news, it probably came from Memphis Tourism PR department. Uh, and so that's what I do by day. Uh, that's what pays 90% of the bills. Uh, but I'm also the founder of Milton Memphis Entertainment. Um, it is a uh, entertainment business that produce uh, events from concerts, um, as well as artist management, some marketing, as well as our most popular event right now that we produce is called the Link Up Memphis. It's been uh, established in 2017. It's connected over uh, 3,000 professionals in the Memphis area. It's a quarterly event. Uh, right now, it's virtual. Uh, and so once things get back, so we can do in-person events, um, we will return to in-person. Usually, in-person events have about 300 or so people, and then the virtual one has about 70 or 80. Um, so both great events. And then I'm also the current president of the Memphis uh, Public Relations Society of America. Uh, so yeah, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Damn, that's a lot. You do a lot, man. What do you, when, how do you fit all this in? I, I So, you know, I when you're single, have no children, <laughs> only thing you can do is work and create things. So being, I, I, I you know, I, I'm willing to adjust the schedule when the right person comes along. But uh, yeah, having, I think I, I credit that. But, you know, also I, by day, it's, it's nine to five Memphis tourism. And then, you know, I'll spend my first two hours in the evening focusing on my things. And then, uh Netflix after that. <laughs> I got you. How do you, so, you know, we all know that Beale Street keeps getting a black eye from the news all the time because there's a fight at some whatever club or bar, someone gets drunk in a wreck, you know, they always blame Beale Street, right? The one question I have is like, how do y'all try to get these stories where it's like, you know, they didn't even happen on Beale. That happened at the parking garage, but that happened at the church over there by where Plush Club used to be, you know? It's like, that's not, that's not, or that is real, I guess. But you know what I'm saying? Like, when you have to use an address, like for Kelly Paula told us last week, you have to use an address when you make a police report and everybody knows the address of Club 152 because it's 152 Beal, right? So that's what they were selling us, that everybody has, um, that that's the, that they use that as the address. How do y'all spin, like try to spin it in a positive, you know? 
So, good question. So, honestly, you know, once that hits the news, there's no way to really change what's been the facts that's been reported. And that's not really what we're, our goal is to not spin it or change it, but to let people know um, that there are uh, crime happens in any city. Right. Uh, and so, you know, so that's that's a that's a thing that happens all over the globe. And it's not just an isolated thing that just only happens in Memphis. And that's kind of part of the story um, that, you know, we want people to know that. Yes. And the thing is about, you know, uh, you know, that Memphis. Yeah, there may be incidents on Bill Street and downtown area, but downtown is still one of the safest places to visit in the city. Uh, and so that's part of the narrative that we push. Um, and, but our focus, we don't try to counteract, you know, negative stories. You know, we just try to make sure that the, the, the equally positive things that exist are also told, uh, because there's amazing things that happen in Memphis on a day to day basis that sometimes is overshadowed by the negative press. And so, you know, our whole goal is making sure that we are leveraging and making sure people are aware of the positive positive news and things to do in Memphis that exist uh, because bad things do happen uh, and that we can't control, but the good things are there too. Right. Now, you know, on the news, you always only see bad of Memphis, right? Or bad of Beale street, but they don't ever want to report about the positive things that say John Shivers down at performer group is doing, doing on Beale, you know, the new Handy park redone, how they redid that and stuff. I was down there with my friend Kelly when we we're walking, it looks cool in there now, you know, it's like, well, that's pretty cool. And I don't feel like those stories get enough from like channel three or channel five or whatever, you know, it's like maybe like a 15 second and that's it. And you never hear from him again, unless, Oh, someone got killed at Handy park. And then they harp on that for days and days. Yeah. You know, in the, in the defense of the news, you know, um, as as president of PRSA local chapter, we often hold panels with the local TV station to have a conversation. And one of the things that they often say is that the reason why that you know that sometimes that it that gets highlighted is because that's the thing that we that triggers our brains as humans to tune in. That sensationalized media captures our attention. And so they some of, I've had great conversations with some of the media locally about you know their hopes for trying to um, you know put out positive information in addition to reporting the facts. I think the Daily Memphian uh, newspaper has done a good, you know, a good, they start, have started out so far doing a very good job at basically, uh, you know, not just sensationalizing the story, but digging deeper into the story and telling more of it, and not just somebody that, you know, may have gotten shot, but digging more into it and taking it into a deeper route and then maybe asking the questions on how do we solve it and things like that. Uh, you know, the, the media, they're going to, they're going to they, they have a job to do. And I respect that. Uh, but, you know, I, I think, you know, a part of it as humans, we've also got to demand uh, better. And if we demand better, uh, you know, better coverage, if, if we react differently, then we will get a different reaction, I think, from the media. Because there were, like, you know, Tony dated this girl that was a uh, figure out what channel it was, but she was a news anchor. And what was the story you asked her to cover, Tony? We're, excuse me. We're going to do a thing about raising money for tampons. And like mm -hmm. do a tampon drive. And so she's like, well, I'll talk to the news director in the morning. It was channel three that she worked for. And then she's like, came back. She's like, no, nah, they just want to do hard hitting news. Like that's like you not just said. what they're really looking for in their meeting, you know, pitch their pitches that they look, you know, do every morning or what have you. So, I mean, like you said, I can understand. I mean, it's about making money. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what they're in business to do. Yeah. But. Yeah. When you do that story, when you got a story and idea, you know, you have to think of the, the angle, what's going to make, people tune in they and that's how they, they make their money so what's going to get the viewers to tune in and learn about what's happening yeah uh and so so that's kind of what we do when we tell the good news what 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 makes 
um, what makes this important and, you know, what makes this um, something that someone should be listening to or what they should know about. Uh, and so, you know, and so when you're pitching a story like that, you know, um, you know, I think if you would have, uh, it depends on how you've pitched it or maybe it depended on how the person you talked to pitched it to the producer. Mm-hmm. It's all about that pitch and what's the hook that's going to get them in. So, yeah. you know, it's, who is it helping? Is this a, you know, I'm curious, like learning, I, I'm sitting here, I'm like, my wheels are turned. I'm like, okay, that's, that's interesting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't, I didn't know that there was a need for it. So, you know, I think, you know, just if there's any data to show that there was a need for that, any data, that any surprising data that may come by shock to um, the citizens of Memphis, you know, that would have been a, a, you know, a shocking angle that, you know, something, something that is truthful, that helps the cause, but that brings attention to what you're doing. Yeah. Like I said, I, I think you're kind of right what you're saying, Raul, but I also do see, do see some stuff that they do. Like there's like spotlights that they do, but people in the community are doing well. And so I think it's just what you're actually listening to, because you can find only the bad stuff you think they're posting. But you can also see that you may miss some of the good stuff they're posting, too. There's a there's a segment on uh, Channel 5. I think it's called Memphian Spotlight or something like that. And you can nominate people doing good and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool because I always watched that at uh, five th- at five. And, you know, so I was like, well, yeah. So, Leah, how are you? I'm well. You know, you? I didn't forget about you. You know, I had a couple of questions in my head. I didn't want to forget them. I didn't write them down. So. Well, no, I was going to ask Milton if he thought that since COVID happened and the pandemic has happened, if we've seen more positive stories and the news media hooking on to more positive stories since we've been going through all of this. That's a good question. Um, hmm, You know, just a little bit. I would say there is the, you know, I will say that just a little bit. I think COVID has really changed the reset on a lot of things and um you know i really you know i'm you know, i'm have to pay a little bit more attention to that only that's a really good question you know i i don't think much have changed if it has maybe just a little bit you know and to remind you guys that the local news focuses on the bad stuff but when you talk about national and international journalists and media they don't know any of that stuff yeah. mm-hmm yeah, it's the, oh, okay. they don't focus on they don't focus on, yeah. you know, somebody getting shot down the yeah. street. They're they're more interested in the music and mm-hmm. the history and the culture and all of that and what's going yeah. on here. Bigger picture. It's mostly a local story when it comes to crime. Oh, okay. See, I thought that kind of stuff was like resonating all over the world. Oh, someone else got. Did y'all see that story? So in what, what happened? How it resonates? I think is it's the social media element of it. Mm. So you know they're not. You know, LA is not tuned in into our news channel, but once it goes on Facebook and those channels, then the, the local Memphians are sharing it, and then it's spread that way. So I think it's more. So social media has helped help spread the news a little bit further. Um, but I also think, you know, uh, w- once you get outside of the, the Memphis, like as Leah was just saying, once you get outside of the city of Memphis, this people think positive, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's really about the word of mouth. So it's, it's the citizens of Memphis, how we feel about ourselves affects how the world sees us. So I think once we start, you know, actively rethinking, and I think, and I think, you know, honestly, I can see within the last 10 years, uh, I spoke on a panel recently in the last 10 years, 15 years, I can see a difference in how we feel about ourselves and how we think about ourselves. And I started in tourism 14 years ago. Um, it was not fun to talk about, you know, Memphis. It was not the cool thing. Like there was like there was really no like Memphis. Memphis really seemed like they hated themselves at that time. You know, a good 
I would say around 2004, five ish, you know, but it, it, over time, I think, you know, FedEx Forum opened and then yeah. we started getting these new, newer attractions and then you have stacks and then you have just all these great things happening in the city um, over the last decade and a half. And I think this has affected our morale and I think we're headed in a good direction. Do you guys ever let, watch the local news when you're traveling? Like Vegas news is the craziest that I've seen. Really? Mm hmm. There's a bunch of wild shit happening there. Yeah, or I mean it's the same as here. Like when it's you watch same. local news I mean, in other cities, it's kind of the same thing. They're they're wanting clicks, they're wanting eyeballs, and you know. So if you're going to pitch, like say, I did your Kojic is coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, when we lost them, that was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And you know, they try to get him back the next year. They say no. They're in the St. Louis, right? Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. when are they coming back? Twenty twenty two, I think. Yeah. Okay. But like when you said you're talking panels and stuff like that, so do you ever pitch? Do you ever pitch Memphis as a destination to like um, companies to bring your what is it called like sales meeting or whatever yeah. like to Memphis or whatever? Yeah, well, conference. Yeah, we have a whole department that's catered to that. Our sales department is focused on that. But Leah and her team actually just recruited. I almost steal her thunder, but who, you, who, who do we have, Leah? Uh, we're bringing in TravelCon, which is a conference specifically around travel writers, bloggers, and influencers. So they're coming in next year, 22, yeah. May of 22. That's awesome. Yeah. So that'll so be about like six to 700 people at the um, new Renaissance Convention Center. And to think, when you think of those six to 700 people, so you may say, oh, so what you do is those are six to 700 people that are driving into the Memphis. Those are people who are going to stay at hotels yeah. for four nights. For four nights. They're going to, they're going to go to attractions they're going to eat our food and that can easily translate to several million dollars or more for the city of memphis i don't know and each time we book there's an actual math equation that goes into you. it that, that actually produces the 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 academic impact that it have so i can't i don't have those facts in front of me but when you so when you hear 600 then times that times you know potential 600 flights <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> you it, know yeah because like when i go to when we go out of town you know, we are just staying. We're we playing. We're paying tax at Airbnb or a hotel, right? And then we're eating out, and then we're we're eating out, and then we're also going out. We so we're spending money at restaurants, bars, clubs, titty clubs. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, or the men of OG. We'll tell you about that, Milton. Um, okay. But um, yeah, you know, it's just those things. Like all we, it's just three, usually three or four of us, and we spend maybe. $2,000 or $3,000, you know, in, in two days, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it adds up. So six, 700 people is a lot. Yeah, it is. And what really sucks is that they canceled Memphis in May again. And, you know, that was what, like $30 million generated for the city. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it was a significant number, you know, but I, I think, uh, you know, it was. You know, it's really, you know, I, I produce concerts on the side. So outside of Memphis tourism. So I, I totally understand, you know, the difficulty of trying to lock in talent within a certain time period and not knowing what the world would look like. Uh, and so, you know, so I definitely, you know, I'm so glad that they're going to do the barbecue championship. And, you know, I think, you know, a year off gives it an opportunity to kind of reassess, you know, and, and, and I think they're going to come back stronger than ever. That's what I was, that's what I was going to say. I think. In 2022, uh, Memphis Music Fest is going to be off the chain, you know? And, like, this year we have uh, Memphis Fest coming back. So I think that's going to be really big, too. And then a different location this year? Yeah, it's at the Botanic Gardens instead of at Shelby Park. So, like, right down the street? Yeah. Oh, nice. Right around the corner. 
Um, but I was going to say, my friend Wes, young blood, owns Skunk Works, and he was telling me exactly what you said. It, you, they couldn't get bands to commit because of all these different um, things going on, the restrictions in their home state and all that kind of stuff. So, Well, also, I have, I have a friend that owns um, a touring company that tours uh, Michael Buble and James Taylor. And he's like, I was like, are you guys able to like scale it down or do something that's like COVID friendly? And he's like, it just does not make sense monetarily. Yeah. We do arena shows. Mm. That's how it's set up. So they just have to wait mm-hmm. until all the restrictions are pulled. Yeah, because once you space people out and do the math, you're you're gonna be in the hole. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you all think about the um, the plans they're doing down at Tomley Park? You know, I I love it. You know, I think you know uh, <laughs> there has been a lot of uh, you know I think um, there's been some individuals in the community that I think are disappointed. Uh, you know, but I think that park has a lot of potential. Uh, and I'm excited about what it, I, I, I bike. So I, I live in the edge district. So I bike from my house to Tom Lee Park to Big River Crossing all the time. And so I'm excited about, you know, the changes that have come to the park. Cause right now it's kind of a, a, just an open field with a little blank you know, canvas. Blank canvas. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future of the park. Like, well, and then they have, I don't know if you've been to like River Garden, which, River Parks redid that little corner by the visitor center and it's great and people really enjoy it. And, you know, it's always busy on a nice day. And that park is a perfect example of what Tom Lee Park could, could be, could be if, you know, if you redevelop it. And so, um, and, and so the fact of how well that they've done with that, that little small portion of, of the Riverside, I'm just excited to what that's going to look like once Tom Lee gets his, its makeover. Because it's true what you all said, blank canvas. Like right now, there's not shit there. Do you have some bass? You know, you got the basketball court, and then you have the little uh, what is it, like CrossFit thing? I yeah. don't know. I don't even know that is up still. Yeah, they're still up. Yeah, they're they're still up. There's a, there's the um, half of them are still up. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that was it was a commercial area, right? Yeah. It was for the cotton industry, and now we have to kind of flip it, and yeah. it's, it's more of a leisure asset that we're not utilizing because. It is awesome. We do have this amazing mm-hmm. riverfront that people can would I think would use more if there was more to yeah. do. It's kind of like it gets used for the month of May, and after that, it never gets used again. You know, somebody needs to come in and do a festival in the fall. Yeah. What did you guys you go know? down there when they like closed off riverfront during mm-hmm. the summer? I loved it. It was so nice. Yeah. We we would like would take our bikes out and just you could just bike riverfront without worrying about cars. Mm-hmm. Now people isn't... were out like doing picnics and playing football and it was really fun. Isn't uh isn't it still close to traffic? So no no, it's open. I think they close it on, it, it was closed when it snowed. It was closed. I that's I don't I don't know what the schedule is now, but uh, they don't close it. It's open right now all the time. Uh, I think it may close on weekends sporadically, mm. but I'm not sure what the schedule is on that. But it was closed because I did slide down the hill <laughs> when it's not two weeks ago. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. How often can you slide down in snow in Tumbley Park? The way we had it, we they, they we had had snow like that since like 1955 or something like that. They yeah. said it was great. Uh, did y'all? Did you play in it, Leah? Oh yeah, we went out. My dog is like obsessed with snow. Turns out she had never seen snow before, but once she figured it out, she wanted to be out for like three hours at a time every day. So I live by Chickasaw Gardens. We would go out and hike the snow for like two hours. Did y'all see the video on Instagram, uh, Facebook, or Instagram of the guys snowboarding on in I front did. of the Mercedes dealership? 
They're stri- yeah. straight up being pulled by a truck and literally snowboarding behind I the truck. I did see that one. I saw that one. I saw You're in town? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right really? over there in front of... Uh, where, where Brady, Brady works, works. yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I was just trying to figure how do you get it? You know, I just feel like if it was me, I would I would have been pulled off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. I think at the end of the video they say like, oh cop. <laughs> yeah, like really? there's like literally no fucks given. The guy was drinking beer while he was getting pulled by the thing on his snow on his uh snowboard. Like I was like, man, like the whole entire uh, city is shut down, you know, so like yeah. there was no traffic or anything. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So Leah, tell us about you. Um about her. What about me? I work with Milton. I do the digital marketing and just marketing in general for Memphis Tourism. I've been here five years. Um, I am the board chair for Music Export Memphis, which is an amazing nonprofit organization that helps musicians here in town. Um, in non before COVID, we used to have the ambassador program, which helped gave them actual grants to be able to tour and get their music out there. Um, during COVID, we were able to give away three hundred thousand dollars to um, musicians in need right now because they have they they have no work. So you talk about that. Is that the one that we donated the money to Tony? We you got, did. We got the. Um, and you got a thank you note. A handwritten thank handwritten. you note. Handwritten. What are you talking about? We. I donated money. I donated money too. <laughs> Where's your note? It's in my car. Oh, interesting. It really is. Leah, did I not? We have, no, he did. <laughs> did he go to your mom's it. house or something? I was the first one. Yeah, all my mail goes to my mom's house. Dumbass. That's my permanent address. <laughs> Me too. My thank, mom. Thank you. Thank you. Because like, but here our mailbox leaks. When it rains, I don't want my good mail getting wet. My good mail is nothing but bills anyway. So, you know, so like, you know, and so like all my mail goes there. And when I do go to my mom's house, um, it's like a stack of like, I don't know, like 20 things. Like half of them are bills I've already paid online. So I don't know why they keep on mailing. But um, I refuse. I refuse to sign up for... Um, what is it called? Where they don't mail it to you? Paperless. 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 Yeah. But it's good for the environment. He's a terrible person. It is good for the environment. And then we recycle that paper, though. So it's, you Yeah, know, but what same. do you need the bill for? What are you looking because at? Because my for? credit card company charges me like $40 when I miss a payment. That's why. I want them to put that 33 cents stamp on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get back in. That's so backwards. <laughs> I mean, yeah, miss a payment, it will get mailed. <laughs> yeah. And then it fucked up my credit score. I didn't miss a payment for like 14 years. And then... You know, you don't have that auto pay thing set up? I don't ever use the card. So it was one of those, uh, the annual fees, you know, and then it just went from there and I forgot about it. And then I saw, you know, telemarketer call. There was somebody calling about, Hey, you know, you owe this money to us. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't have a card with y'all. And they were like, no, you missed your payment. It's like one forty five or something like that for the annual fee. I was like, I was like, Oh my God. Can you tell me when the last time I missed one was? And she said it was like a long ass, you know, and she's like, oh, I don't even have any history on that. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pay it online and then I'm just going to um, uh, cancel the card. I was like, well, you know what, go ahead and can- transfer me. I'll pay it right now and then transfer me when we get done to the to the cancellation to her. Because I really was going to cancel it, not trying to be a dickhead to her or anything. I was like, no, nah, I, I don't need the card. And this is when I first got a credit card, like 18 years, 17 years ago or something like that. So I just needed the card. But now I use either my debit card everywhere or my Amex card because I got a lot of points on my Amex stuff. What do y'all use Amex too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have an Amex. Mm-hmm. I usually use my Costco card though. Is it a? It's a Visa now. It used to be Amex, I think, but they switched. Really, mm-hmm. it's interesting. So, where did you move from? Where did I move? To, to when you came to Memphis, Memphis, I'm sorry. Yeah, Tucson, Arizona. 
I moved from the desert. Did you like it there better? Um, I wouldn't say better. There's amazing things about Tucson. I miss the mountains. Um, I like having seasons, though. That's way better. Mm. So we didn't have seasons. It was just either really, really hot or not hot. But I do miss the mountains, and I miss the desert in some ways. It's nice having grass and trees. So there's, you know, good things about both. Milton, have you always lived in Memphis? All my life. I've never lived anywhere else. Uh, Black Haven Zone, uh, BAC. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, yep, White Haven area all my life. Well, not all my life, just my childhood, <laughs> downtown, adult life. Have you all seen the um, the uproar about the Amazon logo when they changed it? No, I noticed no. that they changed it, but I okay. didn't hear that there was uproar. So it used to be the shopping cart, right, as the icon, and then and then they moved it to like a it was like a blue blue hair thing like this with this with the Amazon thing, and people were saying that it was like Hitler. It looked like Hitler. Hmm. No, no, no. You didn't get that? I did, you know I didn't catch that one. That one missed me. Now I want to Google and see. <laughs> I mean, I just oh, noticed yeah. that they updated the app. Yeah, but like they. Amazon caved and changed it to to a different thing now oh, too. Okay. It's like, the same logo, but they just have like a it's ear dog now. Oh, okay, I see it. Okay, do you look? Does it look like Hitler to you? The only way it would look like Hitler is if you're trying to make it look like Hitler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's like one of the biggest companies in the world, and they they went back and uh, they changed it to whatever it is now. Yeah, that was a bit of a stretch. That is a stretch. <laughs> that was a reach. <laughs> so the tape looked like his mustache. Is that? Mm-hmm. I think that's what they were. Yeah, like I don't know. It was just they got ruined that mustache for people. I know Jordan <laughs> tried to do it, and then yeah. after that, yeah. I didn't see anybody else doing it. What? Michael Jordan tried to have that little Hitler stash. Oh, well, right. it's called a Hitler stash, right? So you can't do it. <laughs> so, so well, no, Charlie Chaplin had it. Okay, so no. Okay, that was like well, what, yeah, 1901. During, I mean, Charlie Chaplin. Was at the same time as when Hitler. The was Nazis are the worst. Rain. They took the swastika from. Um, from isn't that like an Asian thing? From our people, from my people, or is it Indian? It's yeah, Indian. that's yeah. right. Yeah, because yeah. I remember one time I went to this Japanese restaurant and they had the symbol, and I think it's reverse for theirs or whatever. And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I found out it wasn't their shit. And I was like, "Can I get this to go, please?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, did y'all hear about um, the the resale sneakers? Yes. Okay, yes, good, yes, good, yes, good. Yes. Have you heard this, Sony? Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Maybe. Yeah, so she knew for like, but she she knew and she had reported it to Nike is what I heard, like two years prior prior <clears throat> to her resigning now. So I, that's where I, I don't get it. It's like, I mean, if if everybody knew, why is she resigning now? See, like, where did it come out? Maybe because uh, it caught fire with everybody else, and so that's why. social media ruined face. it, right? Yeah. Right, because, you know, he went on that. He made an interview, and he said his mom's name. And he, as soon as he said his mom's name, they were like, he, was, he knew he was fucked because she was the VP of North America, which doesn't get much higher than that. There's no one above her besides, yeah. like, the owner, you know? Yeah. And this man opened a credit card to get – and that was the other thing. He opened a credit card under, under her name. Her name. Mm. So they're like, and then he was using her discount code online and he has like thousands of shoes that are, no one else has. And like those back to the future shoes they made for yeah. the 31st anniversary or something like that. He had like seven pairs of like the 12 May, yeah. you know, they were like, where did you get all this? You know, yeah. because Nike, Nike's big thing is they going again. They, they, they're trying to fight um, the resale market on their shoes. They want everybody to be able to pay Nike 
Jordan fives or whatever for 150 bucks instead of like 500 bucks online or sneaker traders and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah it's one of those things where the mistake is like, did she, my question is, did, did she know her son was going to do that news interview? Um, because all press is not good press. And that's the moment if you're already making money on resale, and this is, and I'm not supporting the, the resale, <laughs> but hypothetically, if I was her, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, how did you, who pitched this story? Did, I mean, how did they find out? I mean, this seems like this, this does not seem like something that the news reporter just discovered themselves. This seems to me like a, a media story where, they were seeking awareness for what they were doing and they thought that they, you know, were, it was okay. But I'm like, how did, how did that cross your mind? How did you even, you know, how did the, cause I, I saw that the father has the business register in his name. So her husband has the business register in, in, in his name that the son operates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this tells me that the, it was all intentional and that they all knew what they were doing. Uh, and so, and they and I guess they got so comfortable that they went out to get <laughs> press for what they were doing. But that's like mistake number one. She would still have her job, uh, you know, and if if they did not do that article. Um, yeah, because the kids resale store or whatever it's called. I forget the name of it. It's like the biggest in the world now. Yeah. And, you know, he's selling like there's a picture I saw. He literally had like a 100 pairs, some some kind of special Jordans that only like the rest of the people in the world only have like a couple. Yeah, like you know the big sneaker heads, like the big celebrities are sneaker heads. They don't even have them. So, but yeah. I was reading that there's like a sneaker stock exchange kind of oh, website. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's where they trade them, right? And they, that it shows you the prices. But then, how much is that website manipulating the prices mm. versus a supply and demand manipulating the prices? Like, if you see something go up, does yeah. that make it more valuable? And now everybody wants it. Yeah. Well, it's like. um I follow these guys on Facebook. They're it's called Grand Slam Collectibles. They have all the best baseball cards, football, all that you know, from our childhood and stuff. Collecting that stuff, where we can actually save some of them, that would probably be worth a lot of money now. But they're like the biggest traders in the world of that stuff. They just sold a Tom Brady rookie card for one point two million dollars. That was the highest wow. paid ever for a football card, and they have like four more. Are there not a lot, a lot in circulation or something? Or no, just not they mint quality. No, the, the ones they the ones they have are graded and everything. It's like graded nine point five and higher. Mm-hmm. Ten is the highest on these things, and um, they just have all, they just buy so much at, and that they they go they so they a box of some some of these certain cards. Let's say it has like ten packs in there. That that one box will be like a thousand bucks. Wow. So they, you know, they, they, they do, they do it the right way. They, they wait, they turn, they get, they, they buy it, but you know, they, they're able to buy so many. It's kind of probably like, Hey, let's get nine people. We don't know. Give them a, give them $1,200. Go buy the box, bring the box back to us. We'll give you the 200 bucks. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I but used to work. Also, I used who's to, buying these cards? You know what I, I mean? Like who's buying these cards for this amount of money? It's like, kind of like art, right? Who decides and who is, who are the people that are, are, spending millions of dollars on these things. Yeah. I uh, used to work for a guy that was a ticket reseller. And this is when um, the Redbirds would play the Cardinals. This is like 18 years ago, something like that. So when we would get off work, he would all give us money, right, to go buy these tickets. And then when we gave him the tickets, he would give us our payment. So that's kind of what 
all these companies are probably doing, but these guys have some really tremendous luck. Like they know what what box is in what. I mean, it's kind of it's getting it's becoming really suspect. And I think is it kind of like that McDonald's thing where they oh, the yeah. monopoly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Monopoly's like yeah. dude, somebody like. And then uh, the most expensive card ever sold was um, a Mike Trout rookie card, four point eight million. What is, what who is bought the, it? But yeah. who bought it? Yeah. Like who bought it for four point eight so million? And guy, what are they doing with yeah. it? Okay, so there's a guy named Memphis. Shit, not Memphis Day, but Vegas Dave or something like that. And he he's been predicting all these things to come right. He's a big gambler and stuff. He bought the Mike Trout card for two hundred fifty thousand four years ago, and everyone's like, "You just paid way too much for that card." And he is the one that's flipped it for four point six million. Who is Mike okay, Trout? But yeah, exactly. And like in a hundred years, how much is that card going to be worth? Because nobody knows who Mike Trout is. Well, yeah. the thing is, if, if who is Mike Trout? I'm oh, thinking. serious? Okay, yeah. he's a baseball player. Uh-huh. He's, uh, at the, I think he plays for the Nationals. I can't, okay. I can't remember, I honestly remember, but he's if he's going to be the best. Mm. He has the same numbers as like King Griffey and some other, and Abba Pujols and stuff like that, but he's got like, he's like four years younger than all these guys. Mm. So he's going to be the best at, at in baseball ever probably. But, um, you know, his car's sold for that. And then, you know, there's all these other things that are having resurgence right now is like comics are also going up. Which like is those Pokemon cards? Oh yeah, yeah. The Pokemon. So cards back to the back. Memphis. Uh, I mean, Vegas Dave guy. Um, he was he predicted all this stuff is going to go up if you have it, sit on it, don't sell. But if you want to sell, I'll buy it. So we should go get the Beanie Baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a stuff. crazy thing too. You yeah. know, and all this stuff is going to come back. And he and he's predicted all of it pretty much right because he he called he called the resurgence on sports cards. Sports cards have been down for decades, man. Like. You got a Michael Jordan rookie, give you 500 bucks for it. But I guess it's kind of like what Leah's saying. They're manipulating the prices of everything by telling everybody that stuff's valuable. Just, so that's it's why like they're this doing whole crypto thing, right? Yeah. It's like how much of it is manipulation and the stock market and yeah. how yeah. much of it is actually economics. Because mm-hmm. it's like those NFT things now that I sent y'all about. It's like these little fucking doodles that people did or whatever. They're worth $200,000 and up, which is just ridiculous. And it's... Yeah, it's those non-fungible tokens. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Do you all have crypto? I do. What do you I have? Don't. I have um, Bitcoin and Ethereum. I have some Dodgecoin because I think it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> so we were out. It was me, Tony, and Polly actually. And Polly was like talking. They were Tony and him were talking about like uh, Bitcoin or, you know, crypt, uh, whatever. And he was like, do you have Dodgecoin? And then Tony was like, yeah, I got some. And I was like, what the fuck is Dodgecoin? And Polly was like, all right, man, where do you buy your socks from? I was like, um, Robin Hood. And he was like, all right, open it up. I'll, I'll buy, you know. So I was like, I have $16 in here to buy shit with. He's like, you'll get 185 Dodgecoin. Just buy them right now. I was like, all right. So it's not a down to like four cents, but it's all been all the way up to 10 cents. So that's what's you know? funny is that yeah. Dodgecoin was created as a joke yeah. to Bitcoin. But it's still worth something. And then you have people like Snoop Dogg or somebody talking mm. about it. And then it becomes valuable. So it like brings into the whole concept of like society and, and how we value things. You, well, it's just like money. Money's the same way. It's like and currency, somebody yeah. valued some rock in the ground, you know, valuable. And that's Diamond. what we're all going off everything. Yeah. You but know? like, you know, it's like Tony always, as he said this a couple of times on a different podcast before, he's talking about, about who was the guy that decided that the diamond was going to be worth one sheep or whatever, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Like, how so is they... it, but is it marketing then? Like somebody yeah. like, you know, That's is able to sell it and be like, this is really valuable. And everybody believes it to a point 
where it becomes the norm. Yeah, because I heard that like diamonds are basically shit. Well, now they make them. Oh, really? So you could get a, a real diamond that, you know, is made in nature. Mm-hmm. But we're able to man make diamonds now wow. by with machinery. And it looks the exact same. You wouldn't know. And see, that's my problem with, with, with jewelry in general. Because, you know, I, I mean, went to the, the Grammys, had on a necklace that I bought from if you go my, my whoa, Instagram whoa, whoa, page. Oh, man. This, the, guy, <laughs> this guy. I went to the Grammys. The necklace I had on and was straight up from the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one knows. Like, it looks like everyone else who's on the red carpet. Like, no one would know. Yeah. Uh, but that's the, that's the thing. I'm just like, for me, if I'm like, I, I do like... Uh, nice cars you can tell a difference between you know their cars look different you know mm. but jury does not <laughs> you yeah. know unless you inspect it i guess but right you know it's kind of like like me walking up to you oh man what's up man nice to meet you and oh nice bling and that'd be the end of the i'm not gonna sit there touch on you and like you know touch your <laughs> diamonds or whatever you have your fake whatever it's like how much of that stuff that people wear are is fake you know there's some movie i can't remember what the movie is but this guy has two bags and they're like Gucci bags or whatever the designer bags is. And he's like, tell me which one is real or fake. And the guy's like, I can't tell the difference. And he's like, you know, it's all about perception. If you carry this bag around and you own it, most people aren't going to be like, oh, that's fake. You know, like, because most of that stuff, they select the bags that Brad and them get back from China. Oh, yeah. From those. He said it's just it's the same material. You know, it's just they make it and have a label and then that makes it valuable. Well, you know, it's like when we went to um, Tijuana. Mm hmm. We bought back those fake Rolexes from my nephew. Remember, oh, he wanted yeah. those fake Rolexes. Everyone at thought at school thought he had real Rolexes on, so they like sent a letter to his my brother, I think, or something like that. <laughs> like, um, you know, is he wearing your watch or something? And he was like, "What are you talking about? That's those are fake, man." That's what he told whoever was, you know, because they didn't want him to get beat up for the whatever, right? And I was just like, because no one's paying attention to see, you know, Rolex and. I don't know. I think he grew out of that phase because he. Had, I haven't seen him wear anything I bought him in a long time. So how did you guys get started in your careers? Good question. Um, I all I, originally I thought I was going to be a computer engineer. Okay, uh, that was the thing in high school, and the, I, I started um, and got my associates in engineering. I was like, this is not it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that intelligent. Even my English 101 teacher in college was like have a little bit more of a personality. I just don't see you <laughs> behind a desk coding yeah. or whatever. And so anyway, I immediately went into, uh, at 18, I started um, in working in radio. Okay. Uh, and so I was uh, working at Bot Radio Network. It's a Christian station. So okay. I was an intern. Uh, and my story is a little bit long, but, (laughs) but I was an intern, uh, and as a, so I took, did that as an internship, uh, while working part time Mm. at the Memphis Visitor Center. Uh, and so that's how I got into tourism. Uh, Shout out to Patsy Morgan. Patsy Morgan. She's, uh, she's my certified white mom. (laughs) That's what she calls herself. Uh, but Patsy was an influence in me. I literally got off the expressway, Elvis Press in Brooks Road, right before you get up to Graceland, you know, the Visitor Center sits on your right hand side. Mm -hmm. So I was working in radio. Radio and then working at Backyard Burgers, okay. uh, but I was like, okay, it's time for me to to, to do something else for the, the main job that's making me more. Uh, and so, got the expressway started in tourism. But anyway, that was supposed to be a pit stop. I never thought that tourism would become a part of my career. So I went from working at that station to uh, they hired me. Then I left there. Do you guys remember the Mike and Mandy Morning Show, WRVR, The River One Hundred Four Point Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so two thousand eight, two thousand nine, I was a morning show producer. Okay, uh, so if you listen to, I was like. 
I guess I was like 2021 at the time. Uh, and so I worked for them. And then uh, I stopped doing that and still working part time at the visitor center, too. Uh, and then from that, I started um, I had to let Mike and Mandy go because when you're producing the morning show at four in the morning, you're getting off at eight thirty, nine o'clock and then you got class or then you got or I'm going to the visitor center. Mm-hmm. It was just a bit much. Yeah. Uh, so after two years doing that, I said, like, OK, I, I've got to go focus on schools. But anyway, went from that. And then um, right after that. Um, I was still working at the visitor center and then I ended up taking another radio job, um, still trying to, to learn my speaking voice and, and, and grow, uh, just working for the University of Memphis Jazz Station. Okay. Uh, so I produced a show on that from like three or four years or so, uh, and then started working in journalism and took an internship, um, at the time with Black Entertainment Television, BET. And so that got me into the entertainment world. Wow. So at that point, I realized that maybe, because I, I thought I was going to go towards journalism or radio. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, okay, so this whole marketing and PR thing that I'm doing with P, with BET, this might be it. This might be something. But so that so BT threw me into the entertainment world where I was forced to create events and, and, and market their branded shows and things like that. And so um, and the one thing went after another. So I did. So uh, so I did all of that while I was in college. So when I the time I graduated was it all here in Memphis, all here in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So when I graduated college, um, I had a, 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 a I actually graduated because um, I stopped doing engineering, but I still was taking the classes so I can finish it. But uh, when I graduated college, I graduated from two schools in the same weekend with associate in engineering and a bachelor's in communications. And then I had legit. two, had three jobs in radio and had done journalism. And so while getting ready to pretending to leave Memphis at that time, you know, I'm not pretending, but planning to leave Memphis, um, the, Memphis Tourism had just taken over the com- the convention center mm-hmm. uh, as a management company. And so I started there as event assistant, event coordinator, event manager, uh, and then a sales manager. And then in 2015, uh, no, 2014, uh, Bash Pro Shops was my client. Oh. Uh, in the middle of a site visit, I was trying to sell space for Bash Pro Shops to host their job fair mm-hmm. um, at the convention center. And so, because they were getting ready to open up the pyramid. And so literally on the, on the site visit, they're like, the general manager in HR and like, I'm literally giving them the full pitch of getting bringing that job right to the building and like, do you fish? <laughs> and I'm like, do it's you? literally out the blue. And I'm just excited because I'm trying to, this is a, a huge contract yeah. and I'm trying to get it signed. And, and they're like, uh, I'm like, I mean, a little bit. <laughs> and so, uh, and so anyway, I said, well, we love working with you. Um, we're looking for a public spokesperson and promotions manager. Are you interested in the job? Like on the site, it was yeah. me at my present job. <laughs> and so anyway, so long story short, I, um, I, uh, Put in my my notice and, and accepted their job offer, and then I have to say my CEO at the time did try to try to keep me. But I, if I had never left sales at the time that I was doing to do PR for Memphis Tourism, then I wouldn't be where I am today. So I went and opened up Bass Pro Shop the Pyramid as a public spokesperson. Lots of fun, like hotel restaurants. Uh, you know, I got to I met my first billionaire, the the owner of Bass yeah. Pro Shops. Really great guy. Uh, really great guy to to to, to know. Um, you know, he was very much so very humble, very you know, he unassuming. Um, but you know, I can I can see 
why he's been able to be so successful through the years. Uh, but anyway, so I enjoyed that. And then uh, I heard an opening happen at Memphis Tourism and PR. Mm. Uh, and so and so I came back and joined the PR team. Meanwhile, through all of those things, I failed to mention that in, in the midst of that, in the middle of all that, I always had a passion for music. Uh, and so I, I started Milton Memphis Entertainment around about 2011, uh, 2010, 2011. And it's, I've been, I've done a number, a dozen or so events since then. Um, it's been, it's been a good time. I've been, it's, it's, if you've heard of, um, uh, let's see, Jessica Ray, or if you've heard of Jazzy, she produced Old Town Road. Um, oh. you know, she was not produced it, but she wrote the song. Um, oh, if damn. you heard, you know, these are all artists that have crossed my stage over the years. So in that, in that heyday of the 2010 to 2020 era, there's a series of different artists that I've worked with before they made it big and yeah. doing other things. But I, I, I like to say my stage was one of those stopping points. You know, I still remember Jazzy's dad in 20, like 13 and he was just in the crowd. That's my daughter on stage. And she had, <laughs> and she had, you know, she was, she had just at that point, she was just, uh, signed, not, she had a signing, uh, I guess, a writing deal with Timberland. Oh, uh, and so she was just starting her career at that time. But yeah, so that's that's my journey. You know, I, I by day <laughs> tour tourism and PR, and by night I'm still in the music. This Jazzy, Tori, Tori, Tori Huda. Huda. Do y'all know Tori Huda? Mm-hmm. I do know Tori. I yeah. think she mentioned that name she did. when she was I, on. I was what yeah. I say, yeah. yeah. Jazzy's out in LA, right? Yeah, yeah. Jazzy's in LA. Yeah. She uh, she was talking really good about it, just like you did and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we checked her out and stuff. Leah, what about you? How did you get started? Um, my, I mean, my glow up's not as good as Milton's, I feel like. Uh, but... No one's is. No one's is. Like... <laughs> um, I started college and thought I wanted to be a pharmacist and then physiology. And I got all the way through biochem and hated every second of it. So I ended up dropping out of school, worked at a bank as a teller and then became a banker. Um, and then at that point, my grandmother on my mom's side, um, was kind of moving around between the family cause we all just kind of take care of each other and they needed, uh, her to move out of my uncle's house. So she decided to come live with me until so I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of a good time for me to go back to school and get my degree in something I want to actually do. And so I went back to college and got my degree in French. Mm, nice. <laughs> So got my degree in French, but uh, at the time I was on like the the French business track and I got to my senior year and University of Arizona was like, yeah, we're going to pull the plug on that track so you can just do general French. And I'm like, okay. So I learned a lot about French film in my last year. So I was a French major and then I did marketing and business administration as my minor. Finished that and got a job in Tucson with Living Social. Do you guys know who that is? I think they mer- they ended up merging with Groupon, so it was kind of the same. Okay. Oh, cool. But they opened up. They were um, headquartered in D.C., and they opened up a Tucson office. So I got to kind of come in at the ground floor of that, which was great because I you know, started at the bottom and then all of a sudden became a supervisor, and then I'm running the social media team for the U.K. and the U.S. and Australia. Um, and then also I ran a team that did like all of the, they called them escapes, but you know, the, um, vacation packages that Mm -hmm. Groupon does. So it was kind of like that. Um, and then my mom kept wanting me to move to Memphis. She moved here in 2006. I want to say she met my stepdad on the internet and they got married. (laughs) (laughs) So she was always telling me to like, you know, why don't you move to Memphis? There's so many opportunities here. I'm like, I'm I'm not moving to Memphis, but I was ready to get out of Tucson. So I was like looking at different places. I would come and visit 
And one time I came to visit and my stepdad was like, hey, I'm going to have this. Um, I'm going to this meeting over at, at, at the time was Convention of Visitors Bureau. You want to come? I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll just come and sit in on your meeting. So I came and sat in, um, met our boss now, Regina, and didn't think anything of it. And then left, went home, was still working at Living Social. And um, my mom, I didn't know, had given my resume to Regina. <laughs> it literally sat on her desk for a year. They didn't have a position open when my mom gave her my resume. But then a year later, um, my position opened and Regina had my resume sitting on her desk for a year. It was like, hey, I'm going to give Leah a call. And so it all just kind of worked out. Mm. And I've been in that position ever since, five years. And all this time, and I have four years of our... We're work based, by the way. Right? Yeah, Milton well. is my work husband. We're work based. It's 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 an official thing. But uh, the internet <laughs> thinks that we're a real couple. Yeah. So that's. Uh, fun. But I didn't know that it sat on her desk for that long. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when you said you were working for Bass Pro, is that story about them catching the fish true? It is. It, it is, is true. true. Uh, what story? So like, wasn't it Bill Dance? Is mm-hmm. that who we were fishing with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess they had something. If he caught. Some bass or I don't know. Yeah, Mel, it was, you can tell it was like if it. he they went fishing because, you know, Bass Pro Shop. And the reason why I believe the story, because Bass Pro Shops was on the fence uh, along the way in that process. You remember the pyramid closed in 2004 and about some uh, a period of time after that, Bass Pro Shops was entertaining the idea of opening up. You know, every every year would go by and, you know, we was like, is it happening? And the citizens would be like, is it happening? Is it not? And mm-hmm. then uh, finally, Bass Pro Shops at some point enter into an agreement with the city and say, we're going to, we're going to commit to, and we're going to start paying rent on this building because we're going to develop it. And mm-hmm. so anyway, so just listening to that process, you know, I could, knowing that part, I can see how the CEO may have really been on the fence about this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bill Dance was, uh, is a, everybody as a famous fisherman. So mm-hmm. he's, if you know, if you fish in the South, you probably and know Bill Dance. Here, right? and he, he lives here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a fan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so him and Bill Dance, uh, went fishing on the Mississippi River and the whole thing was if he catch a fish over 30 pounds and he will commit <laughs> wow. to, um, transforming the pyramid into a massive bass pro shops. And there's a picture of them holding the fish actually in the store. And, you know, I believe it. I don't, you know, I, I really, I really don't see them making up their story. Just, yeah. just knowing uh, Johnny Morris and Bill Dance, they're really, you know, I, you know, I, and knowing the the corporate PR team, I just I think it's an authentic story. <laughs> That's a definition of fuck you money. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, also, like, it was somebody's job. It was probably Milton. He was probably on the fucking boat with a fucking thirty pound they bought some from somewhere. Hooked it fucking... you know, I wasn't hired to after that, so you know that that, that was a that was a year or two because I I was hired about what six months before six or seven months before it opened so uh i, I that's when i came on board so, so is that, there still gonna be a zip line you know inside I, no outside so, so you know that was a that was a thing when johnny morris opened the pyramid he he, he had this vision at one point about the idea of doing a zip line oh, wow. um, that would go from the top maybe to mud island or something it was it was an idea kind of like uh, what they have in Fremont Street in Vegas, is that what y'all are talking yeah, about? Something yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Which is really cool. Um, so yeah, so that but I have no idea. I have no inside knowledge on that. That would be cool. But that was something that was thrown out uh, you know, at a in the past. It's impressive time. what they've done with that building. Because going to the pyramid when the basketball games and you know, all that stuff was there, now seeing what they've done is amazing. Yeah, yeah it's really nice in there. Are the, is the hotel really nice? I've the hotel is actually really nice. Is it really? It is. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. expensive too, I heard. Yeah. I mean, all the finishes are really it, it feels like you're in a cab. 
cabin. Mm. And then the strangest part about it, right, is that all the hotel rooms have a balcony, but the balcony overlooks the inside of the store. Oh. But since it's all outdoors, you still feel like you're outside. It's got that like Disney effect, yeah. you know, where they, they really did a good job, I think, of, of, of giving you that ambiance. If you're looking for a good time with a couple of friends, you need a large space and you don't want to be at home, go, go to, to Mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Leah just came to my house yesterday. It's, it's, you know, it's this one bedroom apartment in district. Uh, but no, uh, go to the rent the governor suite uh, at Bash Pro oh, Shops. It's, so nice. it's really, really nice. It's two bedrooms, has a kitchen, dining oh, area, fire place really nice bathtubs what do you do for me man why don't you take me to places like this when i don't know if it's open yet i think april they're gonna open it the mississippi river terrace which i was like not expecting it to be that big but it's really nice overlooking the river outdoor space they've got a bar out there they're gonna have live music Wow. Holy shit. And you know who's taking over the food in the building now? Uh, new Kids on the Block. Well, supposedly. So that's what oh, goes Wal- back and Wal- forth. Wahlburger yeah. yeah. is supposed to go in there. Really? But I've heard mixed things about that, that that's not actually going to happen. Because weren't they going to Beale Street? They're still going. Right. It's, on the, it's on the construction. Because they were supposed to be on Beale Street. Well, that was a fucking disaster. And, and then that fell through. But no, they're actually going to be inside the building. Um, you know, they're so... Uncle, it looks like so when you, you know where the salt water tank is uh-huh. inside the so there's that that's inside the, where the bowling alley is. That's that is part of um, Wahlburgers. That's their space, and I think the bowling alley has a separate name. Have they uh, have they started that already? So it's supposed to be under construction. I believe I haven't been in the building, so I don't know. But it, it was hmm. supposed to open spring twenty twenty one. So has anybody had a Wahlburger? Is no, it good? I've never no? been. Someone I know had. I think Polly has been there. I think. Well, given all the fanfare on the internet, it's got to be good. Like, yeah. yeah well, I mean, uh, he is a new kid. I mean, but... What's the other guy's name? Paul? Isn't that the other Paul brother? is the brother, yeah. yeah. Paul is the brother that has a normal life. All of them are celebrities, yeah. you know, yeah. the rest of the family so or did, whatever. What came first was like, is the food good? Or they had a TV show, right? So is it yeah, because of a TV, TV show? show? I think when the... So, you know, Mark Wahlberg is everywhere right he's some kind of producer on something on everything that's on well yeah but and uh, th- entourage is like his right. story yeah so like he pretty much pitched his brother's restaurant because his brother was going to open this place up but when he first used to come on and on a and used to watch it every week because i loved it you know and that's what happened and then all of a sudden it started catching fire the show was really popular so then they started opening more and more locations but they made it like like a family show where him, Paul would go look at different places with his, with Mark or sometimes with Donnie, you know, but like they would agree that, you know, if he's going to do it, I want to do it with this. I don't want it to be another one of y'all's famous places. I want it to be authentic to the original recipe, you know? So he was really passionate about that kind of stuff. And he just took off from there. Now, I don't know how many locations they have, but like, I don't have a bunch, man. Yeah, interesting. I'm excited. It's, yeah, it's, I'm, it, I'm glad that they're coming. They're, they're still coming, so we're we're gonna you know uh, look forward to all of us trying it out once <laughs> it opens. <laughs> and then remember when Sweet Peas was supposed to open on the top of Beale by Plush? Or was that Fourth and Beale? Mm-hmm. And that and that was that was man. So they got all this construction. You mean sweetie pies? Oh, what did what I say? You said sweet peas. Oh, sweet, <laughs> sweet pies. Sweet pies. I was like, what? <laughs> no, sweet, sweet and like they, you know, the these people, the people that uh, were going to bring it to Memphis, they, you know, made this company, local companies, spent all this money redoing the building and plumbing and all that shit, and then it just, then it just vamped on them. 
I was like, oh, because one of the companies was a really good friends with my mom, oh, wow. uh, the owner. He's like, man, these, I mean, these people owe me like $500,000. Like, wow. Wow. of course, you know, I'm sure it got settled. I mean, they paid it or whatever, like do lawyers and stuff like that. But like, can you imagine doing all that work just because, you know, it's, it is a big company, you know, mm -hmm. like, and then $500,000 worth of work is in, in the ceiling and in the, in the basement. And, you know, like, how do you, how do you get your money? You know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's sad. I always wonder. I remember reading, hearing about that story and trying to determine which side it was true. Was it is it you know is it the person that did the construction or is it yeah. you know or did Sweetie Pies and her their team? But you know, but after seeing what happened, uh, you know, the tragedy that happened within their family, I I I'm curious as to what the truth really is. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what made him decide not to open it in Memphis. You know. It because, was never. It was never really said. Yeah, you know, it was. It was. It was never really said. It just. I only heard just they weren't coming. By it seems like they weren't coming by the Sweet Pies team in the press. And then there was. I think the guy that you said is your family knows that mm -hmm. you know that talked about the construction that they did that they you know wasn't paid for. And that's and that was it. You know, is that company out of Atlanta? I think so. You have in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have Have you all been to the Triple J's Pizza Place? No, I have not, dude. I've been seeing a lot of uh, posts from Instagram and social media, people checking in there. I literally made a post the other day saying, this is like two weeks ago, I'm literally going to drive to Atlanta and drive back, eat pizza, and come back to Memphis. So there's a place in Hot Springs, Arkansas that I do that for. Really? What's mm -hmm. the name of it? Uh, what is it called? Now you, that you asked me, of course, I mean, I'm spacing Are you busy, it. Tony? What are we doing later? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. Like, um, you know, Anthony Bourdain's been there. Like they're, they're, And it's called Triple J's, and it's um, it's uh, Three Brothers or something like that, I think. Okay. And it, it, it's like one of their first, one of the first black-owned, no, I'm getting my stories mixed up. They're, they're, they're one of the first black owned pizzerias, like on some certain street over there in Atlanta. And then did you all see the people that own, um, I forget the name of the place, but it's all, they opened up on Broadway. They're the first. Slim and Huskies. That's Slim it. And Huskies. Yeah, Slim and Huskies. Yeah. They're the first black owned mm -hmm. business on some Yeah. Now, now, just think about that for a second. It's 2021 and we're still having first black. Like, what the fuck? Like, it, you know. Every time I hear the word first black, you know, if, you know, immediately I was like, so as, as a African American, I was like, are we being, you know, I was like, you know, it's it just kind of for, I had to really sit and realize we really don't own a lot. <laughs> you yeah. know, I was like, we really, it was just, it was just, you know, I, cause it was just been shocking just to realize that how much economic, um, access and business and things that we don't have access to and that things that we have not done yet because we've been oppressed, uh, you know, and the way the things are set up in this country. But yeah, that, that was, that was shocking when I read that about Broadway. You mean not, not one? Not, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, Broadway's been popping for like a long time and he hasn't been a lot on, on Broadway. And it's like, this is, this can't be right. And then, you know, I started reading more about it. I was like, shit, this is right. And have you been to Slim and Huskies here? I had it last night. Yeah. I tried it last night because he got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's really good. You know, I have to say their customer service is is top notch. So I I, I was gonna make a post last night and say is Slim and Husky the Chick Fil A of the pizza world? Mm. Uh, you know, because you know I it, it I went in and you know they're always so courteous and it's just it's. I just feel welcome. You know, my, my orders, you order, you order it online. So I guess you can't really get it wrong, but <laughs> I guess you could still, but you know, and I, I wanted to order some, um, some of their famous, uh, cinnamon rolls. And so he's like, man, 
you can have this information. Just take this one. This person then then pick it up two hours ago. Like they're not coming. Take it. And so we had cinnamon rolls last night. Oh, but, nice. You know, it's just that you know it. It you know because I, I literally was debating on if if if, if I needed that cinnamon roll. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, it was meant to be. <laughs> have you all been to Salt and Soy yet? Yes, I went for the media night. It was so good. It was really good. I definitely recommend the hamachi. And I I was surprised at how big that the menu was. Yeah, I saw Alex posted it uh, like yesterday. Because yesterday Alex was there. Edelman? No, Alex Mosley. Oh, it's oh, married to Mary. Yeah, um, he posted it because he he's like part with part with those he's guys. A bartender that, there or manager? Yeah, I think he's like the manager slash bartender. Yeah. But uh, he posted. There's a bunch of stuff on the menu. Yeah, I mean they have um, sushi and and but then they also have like uh, udon noodles and small plates and rice. So it's a little bit of everything. Is the upstairs open now too? No, they haven't opened the, the upstairs yet, but they're planning to. Mm. And then they're gonna, of course, have the patio, which wow. is a nice patio. It's a nice space. Yeah, my friend Bert um, is friends with the guys that own um, Dory. Have y'all been there yet? I haven't been to Dory. I've heard so many good things about Dory Where is though. That? I don't know. The bird was talking about it a couple of weeks ago. And what is it? Oh, it's a restaurant. Yeah, what but they, they don't have a menu, right? That, right? That's the whole thing is that they just, you get served whatever they're mm-hmm. making for that oh. day. But it's like four or five courses. Mm-hmm. Like Memphis is popping. Yeah. <laughs> usually, you know, usually there isn't many things that, me, Lee and I haven't tried, and the fact that I haven't tried that one yet, I'm like, okay, I've got to step my game yeah, up. Yeah, but they, they were only doing, it was like pop-up invite dory mm-hmm. and now they're like officially open. okay yeah because yeah he's friends i think he's, i think the owner's name is david or something like that or there's a wife it's a husband wife couple that own it and like he's friends with the, the, the guy and then he was like yeah we went there and it was so fucking because he was always talking about it on, on his facebook and i was like what is this place and he told me about it yeah i haven't eaten there yet but i've hmm. heard good things interesting but oh deluca's is the pizza place in hot springs mm. deluca's deluca's how far is hot what springs? happened to your pizza like page you used to do man you stop he had a instagram that he oh uh, yeah pizza on i, I stopped man it, it it just became too much it was consuming my life <laughs> <laughs> like i was literally posting about a hundred posts a day of different pizzas from different peoples around the world and shit on my page and I was like, oh, my God, I just literally spent three hours doing this because, you know, I would copy the link, then repost it and then make sure that you know, and then paste. And then each each post would take me like it would take about two minutes, I think. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I got to yeah. stop. man. So like, do you have a favorite pizza in town? I like Little Italy. Uh, so I was knocking on them because I don't know what happened. Me and Tony got it for the first time at the downtown one. I liked it, and I just I was like, oh, I thought this, you know, because I see their posts they make, and I was like, oh man, it's gonna be fucking fire. And then I got it again, um, like I don't know, like three months ago or something like that. And it was fire, and then I got it a couple of weeks ago, and it was fire. So, did you eat it there or take it to go? Uh, one time. So when we when we went, it was we ate it there, and then me and Polly went was the second time we ate. We ate it in there, which was a couple of weeks ago. I think like a month ago, maybe two like two months ago. But like they had the inside was closed. But they're like, you guys can eat here if you want. We'll just wipe that table off. See, my like, whole thing with pizza is like I like I love Aldo's when I'm sitting there. But if I take it to go or if I have it delivered, I don't like it. That's how I feel about salads. Salads? Yeah, I don't like salads that are, are taken out of the restaurant. <laughs> For some reason, this seems to lose its luster. I don't know what it is. Have you had the pizza at Hustle and Dough? No, uh, that that's where your friend works, or no, 
She's my friend. Yeah. friend. <laughs> She's Tony's friend. Leah's like, so Leah was like, I just, ah. I follow her on Instagram. Well, well, Russell well. and Bell has pizza? Yeah. But they only serve it to after 4 p.m. I at, haven't at had it At the Arrive Hotel? Yes. Since I had no clue. At Bar Hustle. Technically, it's You guys bar are hustle. slipping with, you don't know things and Wait, you're like the PR you guys are slipping. <laughs> Sorry, you're slipping. Look, look. Memphis has hundreds. He just said there's too much <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah, right we're, we're all in popping. Like that building hasn't even been open barely 24 months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, I don't know the girl, but uh, she started following me somehow, and then I finally followed her back. And then her her pictures look like porn, like food porn pictures. <laughs> food like the, porn. They're yeah, really like attractive pictures. She was. I think she was a baker at the liquor store. Oh, that and place then is when good. and then when the arrive opened, she um she opened up hustle. What's her name? Like Allie, or Allie something. something. Yeah, because yeah. I saw her stuff she... at. I mean, I love the arrive just in general as a hotel and that space. And so when we have to do any kind of like work meetings, I'm like, we yeah. can go to hustle and do and get coffee. Did um did that? What was the name of that place in arrive hotel? The little bar down there. Did it open? Oh, back up? long shot. Long, long shot. shot. No, I don't think it's open yet. Yeah. Mm. Are they going to open it back up? Is I think so. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, One Beal's about to open, open. Yeah. in like a month. So that's going to be the next hot spot. We that did a is. tour, what, a week ago? Yeah. They're um, going to, they have a pool with cabanas. They're going to On the roof? No, the pool's downstairs, but there is a rooftop bar, which yeah. is like, has patios going all the way around it. Wow. And then they're going to have a restaurant downstairs. Yeah. Has one of the best views in the city. It's going to yeah. be, you know, if, if you've been to the Hue rooftop, to me, it's mm-hmm. like, that times five. Okay. Because that was sort of like a little shotgun, man. Right. Like, you know, yeah. you get out there, you got the little bar over there, and then you get like no table. I mean, you got ta- like one table and one little chair, a couple mm-hmm. chairs over there. And I was like, man, this should have been bigger out here, I think. Yeah. You know, like. How like, is that Canopy Hotel? It's really nice. It's good. I love yeah. it. Is it. I love it. And have you been to Curfew that's in the Yeah, canopy? we went for brunch one day. It was, it really was good. good. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, you, I saw your post about that, and you were like, yeah, they're charging five something. Uh, during the pandemic, I was like, I can only imagine what they're going to charge after yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, their suites were really nice, and they've done a good job about the finishes, and it, it's it's a full-service hotel. Yeah, I was there a couple weeks ago with some friends, and I mean, it was a slew of people coming in checking. I was like, we're out. It was, you know, I, and Memphis was still technically shut down at the time, and I was like, where are these people coming from? And I was like, maybe Leah and I are actually... <laughs> we're doing <laughs> our jobs. We're doing our jobs. And that's where these people are coming from. So let me stop questioning and just enjoy watching, eat here and watching them check into this. I literally had a line out the door like of just people just continuously coming Damn, in. That's awesome. But what, I mean, that's been the be- <clears throat> kind of crazy part about uh, this last year of COVID. We've got one Beale opening well the hyatt centric opening they're opening they're building another two hotels on that property really yes. and then you've got uh, the canopy open during pandemic and then the memphian's going to open in may in overton square and then oh, you have okay. um the aloft and then the aloft is going to yeah. open someday yeah and Where then hopefully uh it is on what third so it's so it's like third which in is jefferson yeah like third in jefferson that, mm-hmm. that area kind of not too just a Around the corner from uh, Hotel Indigo. Oh, okay. We went there like New Year's Eve, like last oh, two yeah. years ago now, I guess. When are they going to shut down the Sheraton with all these new things? Or when are they going to redo the Sheraton? That's a good question. You know, that's that's a really good question. Um, you know, you know the Sheraton, I personally think the Sheraton is nice. You know, I remember I was there um, when they when they renovated. I was a sales manager there in 20, I guess time is gone. So <laughs> maybe this time. But that was like 2015 when, I, when, I, when they did a 
2014 when they did their, their last big renovation. And it was nice. Um, you know, I, I definitely uh, think there's some potential for that hotel. Mm-hmm. But I think just as it is, it's still a great hotel. Uh, but compared to the new things that are happening in the city, they they will need to do some 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 renovations. Yeah, and, and I things. think with the Renaissance Convention Center opening yeah. and the Lowe's coming in, you know, that whole area is going to... I think change in the next five to 10 years and become more of like a convention center district. Mm -hmm. It just seems like that that's one of the only places or hotels downtown that haven't gone a big, big facelift, you know? Well, didn't they, didn't they have a renovation? So that was the facelift of the 2014, 20, they had a facelift six years. So it was a huge, so literally they, they pretty much changed the entire, I mean, they gutted out the, the lobby. Uh, They had a complete, change but you know six lots changes in six years but there the thing is there the outside of the building didn't really change as much and i think but it was uh there's some some more some work to be done on it but they did have some renovations over the last few years um but still compared to what's happening right now in the city in the era that we're in so which which one is y'all's favorite oh you can't do that to us we, we don't have we we love all our children i thought about that after i said it I was like, no, they're really not gonna answer that we know but there are different experiences at different places so like for me i go to the so i love the you know and sometimes whenever we're bringing media guests in or she's hosting journalists most of media guests we know that there are certain vibes that go with certain guests. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I have a guest that her children really want to see the Ducks of the Peabody and they're looking for that historicness of Memphis, that historic nostalgia. The Peabody is going to be it. But then I have someone that maybe is really into music and this music is part of their story and their element for reason why they're coming to Memphis. So then I'm going to put them in Central Station because they can have the, the lobby bar. Uh, and and the so, you know, but I may have, you know, a journalist that is looking for, you know, a little bit more of a boutique experience and then I might do the arrive you know so it really just depends on you know what the experience that you're looking for so like for me i love going to arrive to study or to not study but to well study to work or do things in their lobby but then or going to central station like i was last weekend with a group of seven eight friends where i saw markets uh and going (laughs) (laughs) and going in there and so or uh you know or curfew i've been there a lot just eating the evolution of hotels right in the last what 25 years it used to be that you just go to a hotel and you sleep there and that's it mm-hmm. and now they're becoming you know bars and restaurants and this whole experience where it's not just for the visitor like locals are going go <laughs> yeah. to go to eight and sand and it, hang out it's like when we go to nashville and stuff like that we usually end up you know we go to some certain hotel because that's where all the people there's a dj you know it's a, mm-hmm. it's a destination not just like you said a place to put your head down at night yeah, yeah have you because, been have you been in one of those 21 c's i really want to stay at one of I've those been, hotels. I stayed at one. what is that it's a museum hotel. Mm. So they actually curate and have exhibits that come through it, and all the rooms are different, right? That's cool. Um, there's one in Nashville, I know. Yeah, I stayed at one one night on the Blitz, and I was just like, it was like, I booked it for the experience, and I was like, okay, it's good, but they were a little pricey. So I went to like something to like fit the budget and it was like a $99 dollars the next day. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the hotel. I'm not going to tell it, but I was like, it was some of this moment where like you're, like you're looking at like, you know, you're worried about how much you're spending. Cause I was like, okay, no, let me do something else. This is, I had that one night of, of opportunity. It's like the um, Holiday Inn next to Canopy. It's like, Tony was like, when are they going to do something with this one? Because you know, they haven't done shit to that one. In a long time. They, well, they redid the lobby. The lobby's new, right? So, the, 
Holiday Inn Select. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't think it's called Select anymore, but it's just Holiday yeah. Inn. Uh, but they they have done some changes, you know. But uh, I think there's always you know rooms for improvement. They they did redo. They did they did. And there's a place for those kinds of hotels too. Yeah. Still, right? Yeah. Like all of the youth sports travelers Mm -hmm. that just need to put a bunch of kids in a hotel so that they can go play their baseball games. You know, they're not going to stay at a canopy. They're not going to stay at an arrive. They just need to stay at a, a, you know, a nice hotel service hotel. That's nice and has a good staff. I guess my whole thing maybe is more do with some with the facade because that's where everybody sees. You know, just looking at that's probably I can say that it's probably really expensive to, to, to change or to overdo. I think that's the same similar facade to what the Sheridan has, Mm. Uh, you know? And so I think that's, you know, it definitely could could probably be changed, but probably with an expense. But you know, also Memphis is you know a market where we're, we're hotels are doing well. So if your guests are happy, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of you like know. you know how City Hall is the the, the outside is the facade is falling right, yeah. and they still haven't fixed that shit. They just have it. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, they have it fenced like, off. Fenced off. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. when the protests were going on, I went down there and walked around and stuff, and like. I was like, why is this? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's falling off the building. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's it's the whole era of the country when people were building. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Like in the 60s, everybody was like, let's just build boxes. Like, Box concrete structures. Right. Did that come, do you think that came with like the Cold War and, you know, nuclear bombs? And so they're like, we need to be safe in these buildings. Yeah. yeah. Did, you know, I have seen a lot on Poplar. Like, you know, how Poplar's a lot of stuff is dated, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did see they've been doing redoing a lot of the buildings, like the facade of the buildings, like um, the one next to the one that's part of Rafi's Deli. Mm-hmm. You know, they they redid that. There's one down the street they redid. Now they're redoing the one that's like across from East High School. You know, they like I yeah. Get, mm-hmm. Now oh, yeah, when when they do that, are they um, are they are they trying to change the outside to get more rent? Maybe. Also, so more desirable as a you know business community. I would say they it's all of the above. I think they're trying to keep up and still compete. Uh, so I definitely think you know that they're when you do that construction, you probably are gonna because you're you're adding you're changing the experience. So I definitely think that they probably are doing that. But I think that's needed, and I I love how that's happened and unpopular. Uh, you know, and I and 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 I this is probably off subject, but I don't see that happening in places like Whitehaven as often. You know, I have seen it where um where the new coffee black owned coffee shop in Whitehaven, like that little shopping plaza, um, has has changed a little bit. But you know, so I I think it has I think as your city grow, you have to, you know, well keep it's gentrification up. a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's what's happening. Yeah. I think what there is a balance to that though, yeah. right? And I think Memphis does a a good job of of keeping some of the history and the nostalgia and, and and taking old buildings and making them new again versus completely demolishing something and, yeah. and building it out of the ground. So like uh, the Hyatt centric, well not, I guess it's not the hotel itself, but next door in their meeting space, they kept the original C, C, what is it? C Ellis. Yeah. I think it's like C Ellis auto works or auto shop or something like that. So they kept that whole facade there and then they're reworking the interior so it still has that oh on front street you're talking about yeah mm-hmm. oh okay and they're going to do the same thing the owner that bought jolly royal furniture on main street so that facade will stay the same and then there's and gonna, gonna be a hotel the dream hotel oh. is supposed to i haven't heard anything else about it recently but it's a shotgun right yeah dream hotel will just go straight up wow yeah are they doing that with main street too are they going to start main? building up 
No, not like oh. down below, like Maine. on a South Maine. Yeah. You mean in terms of like building, like keeping up the facade, or yeah, you're like, about- like just building on top? Because I kind of like what they did in Nashville. Well, you know, well, Main Street is a historic district. So, you know, Memphis, I think all around Memphis has had a really good historical society that has really done a good job keeping things as they are keeping the aesthetic of Memphis. Mm. And they've done a really good job of that. So I think, you know, when it comes to those spaces like Main Street, you know, definitely Union, any of those historical places, you know, anything around downtown, you're going to have to make sure that you're doing it with an intention to respect uh, the past and oh, okay. to, you know, so it's a, you know, we're, we're not just, you know, there are some places where, you know, I think the city is thinking about, you know, they're trying to determine what they're going to do with the 100 North Main, mm-hmm. and, you know, but that building, in my opinion, doesn't really have any historic, it was built in, I can't think of what year, the 60s or whenever it went up. But, I mean, it's not – that building doesn't give you the same aesthetic as South Main. Mm. Uh, so something like that is easily to go. But yeah. versus South Main has been around, you know, since, you know, the, the origins of the city. What have you What have you guys heard about um, Union Row? When are they starting on that? It's well, now it's called The Walk. Mm. When is – Change the name. Did they run out of money? Or? No, no, no. no. They're, just, they're just paused. Yeah. Yeah. So because I of what's going waiting, on. Yeah. So what's going to be over there? Y'all know it's going to be all, all mixed use. They're supposed yeah. to also have a hotel. They were talking about grocery store, apartments, wow. retail. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, GFS is a spot that land over there on what is it, Madison? Mm-hmm. That they're going to put the their their grocery store in there, and that's going to be big. Yeah, yeah, and then I heard on Union at the Office Max, right? Oh, I'm sorry, that's what I was. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's where in. they're putting. I said Madison, store. my bad. Yeah, and then I was just talking to Henry Turley last night, and they're starting a project to connect um, Victorian Village with the medical district, <laughs> and it's going to be some apartments, kind of like in South Main. Area. And then I saw yesterday or a couple of days ago on the news that um, somebody um, wants to they bought a bunch of land on Lamar. Yeah, or, I saw that. And they're going to redo it into mixed use and apartments and all that stuff. And that's really big for Lamar, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lamar is prime real estate right now, I think, too. I think yeah. it's one of those those areas that can see we drive by to get to where we're going. We're doing that, I call it the the the, the jump through when you're avoiding 240 to get to East Memphis. <laughs> 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 you know, and I think that area has some value. And then there's a neighborhood um, in that community that, that has, I saw the news that's um, got a lot of redevelopment that I... All the years I've lived in Memphis, my entire life, that I have never driven through that particular neighborhood. Is it the uh, one by the Metal Museum? No, not the not that one. That was a mysterious neighborhood too, but not <laughs> <laughs> not that one because that that neighborhood looks like it has not changed since 1969, and it looks like the grass has stayed the same. It looks it's really nice. It just it's, it's just, Cuba. <laughs> no, it's like Truman Show. It's yeah. just like. If you like, you could shoot a movie in that neighborhood, and it would feel as if, without doing very little, just change the cars, it would mm. still feel like nineteen sixties. Um, but no, it was a actually um, our music specialist Jane lives in the neighborhood. Um, oh, that's right. Is it? It's Garden. That's where Terrence lives. Um, what is it? It's Garden something. I can't think of. But that neighborhood is it's about. It's it's a pretty decent sized neighborhood. I'm gonna have to pull it up. But that neighborhood I've seen like some development happening in that area and it's just you know, I think Memphis is in a in a renaissance period and I'm excited about every time I drive in a driving here I saw that was you know right across from um Overton Park. Uh they have that high rise going there. Yeah, apartments you know, are going apartments going there. there. But I'm excited. There's there's so many I think neighborhoods that we overlook that have potential um, to be redeveloped, not saying gentrification, um, but has some potential to get a little love. Mm. Yeah. You know, they've, they've done a lot of work in Binghamton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a shitload, you know. Um, yeah. Have you seen the collage dance building? 
Mm-mm. We took a tour of that, and that building is awesome. It is so beautiful. Um, and it, and you know they're wanting to work really. I mean, they already work really closely with the with the Binghampton community because they were over on Broad in this like what tiny little space, and now they have mm-hmm. like five times the space for kids to be able to take dance class. Well, it's, it's like you know if you told me. 25 years ago that all this was going to be happening in Binghamton, I would just laugh at you, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, my friend, this is, this is not what this is going to be. And then, you know, stuff slowly started opening over there and on broad and, you know, those guys, little boutiques on broad and, you know, you have um bounty, you know, and, well, and then- did you see, they started like, um, across the street over where the water tower is. They started construction over there for, I yeah. think more apartments. More, more apartments. Retail yeah. Space. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, just think about this, this, this area has probably been uh, like a poverty kind of area, you know, for all these years, you know, we had our store there. That's how I know. And now you're having all this development going and millions of dollars being dumped. You know, my thing is where, when they start coming in to be like off, not off the side streets and stuff, but into the heart of Binghamton and start buying up houses and stuff, where are these people going to go? Yeah. I mean, that's part of, the it's, issue it's and coming. gentrification yeah. of like yeah. do, you don't want to displace people, people. Mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it, I all that, cities are, are figuring yeah. that out right and that's what the issue is is like places like san francisco i mean i don't know if you guys have been there in a while but like one rent is outrageous property mm-hmm. values are outrageous and then you have all of these you have this huge homeless popu- population that they have nowhere to go yeah same with Seattle, and now it's happening in Denver. So it's like, how do you balance that? Yeah, the neighborhood outside, Glenview. Glenview. That's the neighborhood. Mm. That's a great neighborhood. That, another neighborhood that feels like it's pretty much remained intact and it has some potential um, for some redevelopment. I think there's a there's a few vacant homes here and there. Um, but I really, when I, when I drove to drop off their Christmas gift, I was like, why have I not been over here before? And literally, <laughs> I've driven like it's gated by, not kind of not gated, but it's accessed by Southern, no, Southern Avenue on the north. And Lamar, and then you have on the south of it is South Parkway, so it sits right in that that little vicinity. So when you when you have friends, it's gonna be both both y'all too. When you guys have friends come in town and like, oh man, I don't want to go look at that. We might get shot. What do y'all say to them? Like, we never have never happen. That, that, that doesn't that, happen. The get shot never happens in the well, conversation. You know what I'm saying, like, like, oh, man, I don't want to go to that neighborhood. I've heard about that. There, neighborhood. Is, the, there is not a neighborhood I wouldn't walk through on my feet. Right. I'm serious. No, I mean, I've never had anybody really say that. There's, to me. there's. I've had a journalist walk, walk from Stacks to the Peabody Hotel. Mm-hmm. She's from New York. You know, I was like, it's, that's a two mile, two point five mile walk. You know, she's like, I can come pick you up because what happens is, I think a lot of times I, I have this perception when we when we see when we see what we hear, when we listen to what we hear in the news and we see the blight, we instantly think that something means we're unsafe. Right. Uh, and it doesn't always mean that. Uh, and so for a New Yorker who's had the experience to see a variety of different things and be exposed, her walk from uh, from Stacks to the Peabody is quite normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's and so so for her, it was there was you no know, it was it was not anything that it didn't signify because I see a vacant building. Am I unsafe? Mm-hmm. Um, because she's and I had probably had that experience in New York and seeing a variety of different uh, you know, neighborhoods and, and, but no, I think, you know, there's literally, I think we had, we had this debate in the office with one of our coworkers a good 
year ago. Uh, Carl <laughs> now works for a different company. But we really got into a heated debate about, you know, he was like, would you take your family to a certain neighborhood? And I was like, well, like it, it, it's like, you know, I, I the word unsafe for me, um, you know, because crime A usually happens between people who know each other, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so, so usually when we, when we turn on the TV, it's domestic violence. Uh, and those are things, you know, and so yes, there are a lot of, uh, you know, there's robberies and there's those, those things that happen. Uh, and those things happen everywhere. Um, but I, I don't try to let that dictate to how I perceive a community or an environment. Um, now, it doesn't mean you're dumb and be like, you know, walking in the alley by yourself at 2 a.m. It doesn't mean I go out looking and doing risky things. But, but that's the same in any city, city I'm yeah, in, right? Yeah, yeah. When I'm in any city, big city, small city, you know, I know my surroundings. I don't walk by myself. I don't know the area. It's like you have to be you have to have common sense. Yeah. But I, I will say that, like, when we're traveling, like we've both gotten to go to Australia and like everywhere I go as soon as they find out I'm from Memphis they're telling me like about the time they either came to visit or they're wanting to know information because they're already planning a trip to Memphis Wow! so like that's not like the top yeah. of the list yeah. you know even so even for me growing up in Whitehaven so you two went to Central and so you know growing up I, I, I I'm assume I'm not assuming but was there a perception you had about Whitehaven no, no, no. Really, mine no. was more about Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, a lot of times when I run into uh, individuals that grew up in that sub- suburban Memphis, there's this idea that once you get into those the neighborhoods like the Whitehaven, like the Fraser, mm-hmm. and things like that, that it is, you know, I even had somebody <laughs> work-related that was like, oh, I had no idea that Whitehaven had, you know, these, my, my parents, Whitehaven is one of the largest middle-class African-American um residential neighborhoods in the city. Mm. Uh, and so my parents lived there. I grew up there. And so, you know, if you get off side of the main road, go into the neighborhood, you know, you can actually get a sense for the community. But the businesses in the area really haven't done a good job on Elvis Press and Shelby Drive and keeping up uh, and keeping up the, the, the businesses. But but I said it all to say, you know, I think, you know, the Memphis has so many great neighborhoods, you know, and so many great places. And I really... There's not a moment in Memphis where I don't feel safe in any community. I I just think you just have to be smart in terms of, you know, making sure, you you know, if you're putting your Christmas gifts in your trunk, that you're doing it discreetly. (laughs) You know, if you know, making sure that you're not doing things to cause attention to yourself and that and that's anywhere uh, in the world. But, you know, and to answer your question, though, your question was, where do we take our friends or like, you know, I think, um, you know, Immediately, I had a friend last weekend, and I did not feel like getting out. Also, COVID has made things really hard mm. to get out. It's made it like really difficult to like plan because you don't know everybody's closing hours is not what it really is. One hundred percent. And so, like that causes a whole nother stress. Uh, so I did. So Friday, and it was raining last weekend. So like, I literally had a friend from Florida come to town Friday. Where did we go? Friday. Uh, where did we go? Friday right out the gate. We. Where did we go? I was in Florida. I don't so you know, know what? I, you know what? Curfew. Mm. So stage dinner. We did dinner at curfew. Uh, left curfew. Uh, went home the next day. You know, Memphis, they, people like to shop. So I will say that's one thing that I hope Memphis get better is on the retail side. Retail is dying, of course. But, uh, you know, you know, our malls don't have, I think, what a lot of other cities have. I think we can do better on that. But anyway, this individual wanted to, wanted to shop. So we did Wolf Chase, Oak Court, Daytime. And then we went to... Global Cafe, not Global Cafe, but Crosstown, and did the whole um, 
uh, pedicure, manicure thing. And then we uh, left there. And then he's like, I'm hungry. And I was like, okay, so you want, what are your, what's your vibe? Do you want authentic Memphis or you want something just traditional American? Does it eat real quick? He was like, no, nah, I need something Memphis. And I was like, okay, let's go to Gus's. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Gus's fried chicken. And literally in my mind, this is usually where we take out journalists. So we went to Gus's and then I, we went home and then Civil Acts just opened up that weekend. Not Civil Acts, no, but Craft Craft Acts. Craft Acts, yeah. What is that? You know the little axe the place. Axe it's throwing. a new one. Oh, where's that at? It's right on Monroe um, and downtown Monroe and Danny Thomas. Oh, okay. so literally, it's um, I don't know if you remember where Stop Three Four Five is. Yeah, yeah. So it's right behind that. Oh, okay. Uh, and so literally, so we went. So we did. So Gus's Civil Axe. After Civil Axe, we did Central Station, and then after Central Station, we went to. Uh, Sensation. We was there too late, and we were a little tipsy and went home. <laughs> uh, the one too many shots, and then uh, after then that's and this is a whole itinerary. I'm not. I know you didn't ask for all this, but I'm a talker. But uh, and then that Sunday we did. Um, we went to. We only did one activity because I was like, we're only going to brunch, and that's it. Mm-hmm. We went to Sugar Grits, uh, and you know, food's really good. It's not the. It doesn't have the Memphis. Um, feel that mm-hmm. I'm used to in, in places. So it's very uh has plays country music. Yeah. Uh so that was a little different for me. <laughs> <laughs> Considering it's Memphis, but the food was that the food was great. Staff was great. You know, um, you know, I, I did not like the country music, but hey, that if that works for them and their customers and it's bringing people here, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Evelyn Olives for dinner. We walked over there and it stormed last Sunday. Remember, it stormed. Oh, yeah. uh, and so we walked to Evelyn Olives in the rain because I'm like four doors down from it. Uh, and that was the weekend. <laughs> a lot of See, eating and drinking. I hate, I hate when people <laughs> say that live here. There's a shit to do here. I'm going to Nashville. But that's anywhere but, you that's but, anywhere you grow up and yeah. live. You you know, and my thing is like, okay, so you want to go places? There's a hundred things you could go do that you never do, but you just want to go to whatever and get drunk, and that's what you do that weekend. That's not what Memphis, only Memphis has to offer. Now, great, we have some great bars and restaurants, and you know, everyone gets fucked up at and clubs and stuff. But like, there's a lot more outside of just that. And people are always complaining about Memphis not having shit to do. Are the ones that don't do shit. They don't even try to go do something different or new. Or yeah, well, thing- I mean, I'll go with him. Well, I grew up in Tucson, and you know, as a kid in Tucson, you're just like, it's hot. There's nothing to do. It's just sand and desert. But now, like being away from Tucson, I totally appreciate what they had in the city, and it's fun to like take friends there for the first time and show them around the city. It's like when you're when you live somewhere and you grow up somewhere, you don't understand because you're just doing your routine things, and yeah. you're not you're not going to go to the Civil Rights Museum or you're not going to go. I don't know, to, to some of the attractions or those kinds of the... You won't know the new... Re- I think it's all about what you expose yourself to and what your... Like, if you grow up in Memphis, you know, for me, my parents did not take... I didn't know... Like, it's one thing I... When I started working in tourism, I was upset about. My parents did not tell me about the history of Stacks. You know, I went to the Civil Rights Museum, but they didn't tell me about all the other history that was a part of Bill Street, yeah. you know, all the other things. You know, it was... MLK happened here (laughs) and you know and that was that was it you know and so I as I when I became 20 and that's and most I didn't say this earlier but most people know me simply as Milton Memphis Mm. uh and so that's a good uh, name and so Milton Memphis is 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 what I go by and it's the name of my company uh Milton Memphis Entertainment but you know that started because when I started in tourism at 20 um I learned so much history about Memphis and so my friends were like 
um, you know, we're tired of your quick facts, yada, yada. <laughs> and so when I was like looking for a name for radio, I was like, Yes, 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 yeah. and, and it has worked. Uh, and so, and so, I, I always tell people that I'm not calling myself that because I think I'm just like this Memphis all facts knows everything. And like, I'm not trying to be like snooty about are. it. Yeah. But now you are. And how many friends? How many friends call you and to ask? You know, where should I go to dinner? Where should I? Where should I go for my anniversary? Yeah, good brand. Yeah. And yeah. then I and then I text Lee, <laughs> Leah, <laughs> and actually because it's so because lately. You know, ten years ago, it wasn't new restaurants popping up every, no, you know, every, you know, fact. you know, and so now I, I find myself having to play catch up, which is cool because now like I've got to. But when you live in a city, you also like doing the, your same old, same old. Yeah, you get into uh, the routine. You get into your routine. Mean, we go hiking now, right? Every pretty much every Almost, weekend yeah. at Shelby Forest. But a lot of people didn't even know you could like do go that. Hiking. So <laughs> on my timeline, people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're hiking like." Like it's literally twenty minutes outside of the city. Like literally, you can easily get there. But you know, it's about you know. I think people we get in our silos, we get in our we get in our usual routines, and then you become oblivious to what's actually happening around you, which is more than the the ten friends you might know. Yeah, that's true. Well, and then getting out and just discovering something new. Like you have to actually go out and I do think, that. Yeah, I think everyone should go to uh, Shelby Forest General Store. Mm-hmm. That's a yes, cool. That's yes. a, you know. Were they? Tr- isn't that in danger of closing down? No. No, they're doing really great. Yeah. What was Doug the place called that, me the other week, and wasn't there a place like g- general? It's, uh, I, I think somebody something. did say that. Somebody did say that, but they may have been missing because she she just said that. The, well, no, I think they're doing good now. I for a while it was it was kind of hit and miss, but actually since COVID, you know, and everybody's wanting outside. to like get outside, mm. they've they've been doing really well. And then uh, Doug and Kristen that own the general store, they put out. Um, tables so they extended their patio they do a great steak night if you guys ever really yeah apparently their burger's really good their burger's my favorite um like timberlake's place or something yeah he grew up down the street yeah yeah the general store is great it's just one of those for me it reminds me of my grandmother's house in mississippi growing up there on a dirt road and uh it just it gives me that home feel Uh, (laughs) and doug has to be the most welcoming person yeah. you've ever met in your entire life. Yeah. They've been busy. When I was when I was last there about, I guess, a couple weeks ago, and I pulled up, because you have to pass it to get to the park to Shelby Forest. And, I mean, you get all your bikers and then your bikes and then people walking. I mean, their yard was filled with people just eating, and it was it looked great. And They're that's something well. that I think the pandemic, that was like one of the positives, is that all these people wanted to kind of find something to do outside, mm-hmm. and they discovered this place um, and discovered the general store that they would have never gone to had yeah. that not happened. Yeah, I don't think everything that's bad that's happened during it is totally bad. I think there's going to be some positive, like you said. I think more people are going to realize that they wasted so much time inside that they need to see stuff outside. And I think that might even bring back some brick and mortar places because we've been cooped up for a mm-hmm. year. And everybody's yeah. like, man, I want to go to a fucking mall. Yeah. Yeah, like I can tell you, I mean, it probably hasn't been that long, probably if I really thought about it. But like when I went to Wolf Chase, you know, or Oak Court, I went. I did go to Oak Court recently because I get a white shirt for my suit. But like outside of that, like I mean, I was literally in and out of Macy's. I didn't even go into the mall part, you know, or dealers or wherever it was. And it's like, and when Tony said that, I was like, yeah, I think you might be right, man. People might go back to buying, say, sunglasses at Sunglass Hut instead of Amazon or you know. Whatever. Yeah, when I took my friend in Wolf Chase, I was like, "This is my first time." I, I, I know I was not at the mall at any point in 2020, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that. But I was like, I really 
probably haven't been to this mall since 2019. Like, yeah. I was like, and that's kind of rare, you know, but it was, like you said, it was a, a good experience just to, you know, and I was like, and I was trying to think about what did I use to do when I, cause I'm not a big shopper, but mm-hmm. I used to like the people watch and it's where you can, you know, meet new people as well. <laughs> as a teenager, that was the only place to go hang out. Yeah. For us in Tucson, like we'd go to the mall and just go to a movie and hang out in the food court. When they, yeah. a hot topic and exactly. look through stuff. When they first Spencers. opened Wolf Chase, I think I was 16 or 17 and me and my friend Randy, we were, we would go there all the time. We were there for like hours a day, man. Mall well, rats. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. We probably came across each other. No, where did the young people hang out now? They don't hang out at the mall. They're heathens. I don't know where they go. Where, that's a good question. Where do where do the teenagers go? Where, where do, you know, <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel really old. I know. I know. I know. I guess. I mean, well, there were teenagers at the mall, so maybe they're still going there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, maybe they're still going there. But but yeah, the pretzel place, Auntie Annie's. Where yeah, is it? Yes, that was man. Damn, that's my jam. I always have to splurge to get some money in front. So let me ask you a couple more questions. One is, are y'all doing your dream job? Or what is your dream job? If not. That's a good question. That is a good question. You know, I've debated with myself on, because I, you know, for me, I, I, I never thought that I would love doing what I, I never knew that what I do was an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in PR, traveling the country and some of the globe, promoting Memphis, just something, if, you know, if you had told me at 16 that I would spend four years of my life before COVID, you know, just traveling and sharing the word about Memphis and, and hosting journalists and the fun I would have in that and the good that I would see in it, you know, it, it um, you could have, you know, I, so I'd love that aspect of it and love all of that. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, I, 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 you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm analyzing myself as I speak, but I don't know if I believe in dream jobs anymore. Uh, I think I'm just allowing myself to become whatever that is. And as long as I'm enjoying whatever part of the journey I'm on. Yeah, I'd have to mm. agree with Milton. Like, I really enjoy what I do and I think I'm good at what I do, which makes it more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm happy and we get to do a lot of really fun things yeah. and we I feel really lucky yeah. sometimes when we're doing those things like yeah. <laughs> getting where, to go to Australia. Where are some of the places you guys have been? Wait, you said you went to Australia for, for work? Yeah. yeah. They said that earlier. Did they? Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Oh. We we have, they didn't let us go together though. She <laughs> no. went in 2019. Yeah, I went 2019 with and Carl. And I was there in 2018. Who did you go with, Lisa? Um, so we did um, Sydney, Brisbane... And then New Zealand. Yeah. And then I went to Melbourne, Sydney, and Gold Coast. Mm. And yeah, I did I go stayed a couple, Yeah. Because Australia is a big market for Memphis. It's number three. Oh, okay. so, so, and, and a lot of locals don't realize how many international visitors we get. But um, we have offices. So we Memphis Tourism has offices and representation in Australia, the UK, Germany, France, and Japan. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can go to like one of these... Um, Offices and hey, I want a trip to America, and they help. Broker. Well, I'm not broker, but like help. So, so no, so exact. So what they do is they are offices that do what we do for Memphis, but in those destinations. Oh, okay. Right. So go ahead. Well, and I will have to say that like in in the U.S., like uh, what are they called? Travel agents don't really exist anymore. Yeah. But overseas, in like the U.K. and in Australia and Europe, 
People still use travel agents. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest reasons is because it comes with insurance that you wouldn't get otherwise. So if anything goes wrong with your your trip, it's all covered. Mm-hmm. So um, internationally, and we have a whole department that works with these folks that they're called tour operators that will put together vacation packages. So our representatives in these other countries, one, work with those tour operators, and then two, do what Milton does to get stories out there um, with journalists in those areas to, to let visitors know what's going on here yep. so the key is to bring awareness to the destination so we do that through the pr and the marketing so pr and then marketing and then our sales team will swoop in with the actual connections with the tour operators in those destinations and making sure that memphis is in their package as a thing that you can select and to come to the, to the city they're making sure that these tour operators know of all of our hotels all the attractions and can you know and pick lisa hosted a and we've still been booking things through mm-hmm. uh COVID. um she hosted a, a virtual webinar with a tour operator recently and she had christina mccarter that does the tasting tours and she oh, booked yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she booked like uh, several dozen people from from a tour operator on a tour like in September, uh, and so you know, and that's essentially what we do. And I've been to, you know, most of my travels all within the states, but it's you know our key spots typically PR wise are. Um, you know, New York, L.A., because those are, you know, huge markets where there's a lot of outlets and things like that. But our regional traffic, like Chicago, Atlanta. Um, Milton and I hosted, we we put on a little pre-music festival in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Oh, yeah, that was that was lots <laughs> of fun. Like, we, we were dead tired, but that was, was that 2019? That was, yeah, it was that right was before I went to Australia. Yeah, yeah that yeah, was, was probably, just the two of us. yeah, it was, you know, she, she was in Australia and left um, the logistics on me. Damn. <laughs> but that, but that, but that's how we work you know we both can't be at all places at the same time and we have a, a good team effort and I she came back and was assured that I had held up my end of the bargain uh, of what we were doing but we literally uh, work with some local bands and brought in Band, music, several performers, food trucks. Like we brought Mem Pops, we brought Smurfy Smokehouse, and there was another food truck. I can't think of her name. It was the Snowballs. Sno- it was. Was it the Snowballs? It was something Snowballs with waffles or something like yeah. that. But we brought like some some unique food for a family experience in St. Louis, and then we strategically <laughs> picked a park. In St. Louis, and we were trying to figure out where would the most people be in the city outside this particular time period. And so we saw that there was a baseball game. Yeah, there was a Cardinals game that weekend. And it was like, and so you had that. And then come to find out there was a... uh, a hockey, a hockey championship that was taking place. And so all these people have to park in these garages, but travel through our mini festival, pop-up festival to get mm-hmm. to where they're going, where they're infused with all this Memphis music and food. And so we service, you know, over probably, you know, we 800 or more, people. 800 people or more in that park that just learned about Memphis and they all got free prizes and different things. Some people brought out lawn chairs and, you know, those are things that, you know, when, you know, we sit down and we say, okay, what can we do to generate awareness? So I went on the local news there to talk about what we were doing. And so, you know, and then I also did a giveaway around that time period. And like, we had a giveaway that we did in that market. 10,000 people applied to win a trip to Memphis. That wow. tells you how part, you know, how Damn. popular, you know, 10,000 people wanted to win a trip to Memphis. And this was before COVID, <laughs> Damn, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know, and so that tells you, so that's one of our markets that we do pretty well in uh and so uh, we do those little activations like last summer not last summer but summer of 2019 on top of that and on top of being in australia we came back and then uh, we produce 
a ten like a ten city music tour. Um, we took local artists, up and coming artists out of Memphis, and some well known artists, and put them on a tour. And we curated these um, unique. Little intimate pop-up, pop-up Airbnb concert. concerts mm-hmm. across cities, but only people were invited. We were a small pocket of the general population, like a, like a 20 or so people that were like general admission. But then the majority of the rest were all influencer or media people in the travel space that could share the Memphis, uh, talk about Memphis and share the Memphis, what we had to offer to the world. Uh, so we did that in like, well, we did that in like Philly, DC, New Orleans, New Orleans um, LA, uh, Denver, uh, all these different, Atlanta, we did all these different places. And so that went out with a hit. like, I'm still working on media stories from journalists that I met on that activation. And then the last activation that I had the opportunity to do right before, as COVID was like kicking off, you know, we, uh, Desmond Robinson, did you guys see him on Chop this week? Yeah, uh-huh. I did. Uh-huh. So Desmond Robinson, we flew him to LA and that was our last, um, that, that was probably our last marketing event that we, activation that we've done before covid hit in february actually a year ago like as of like last week um but um but we produced rented a, uh, a small residence in hollywood uh and we brought out and so we, we work with our sales team on this and so it was help tour operators as well as media guests flew in desmond and i talked to desmond and i was like Desmond, i'm trying to bring memphis food to la i need to it needs to have this vibe and you know and him he just did an excellent job taking the lead and, and providing the food. And, and I just like, okay, let's, this is our budget. This is what we have. Can you make this happen? I mean, he did a superb job, you mm-hmm. know, and I was, and it did so well that we was getting ready to try that in New York and a few other cities in, uh, but COVID hit. And so, but to answer your question, Raul, we're not complaining. We have, we're very grateful yeah. for what we get to do every yeah. day. Yeah. Sounds like you get to travel a lot and get, you know, have hang out and have a good time. Yeah, you know, well, I'm great well, it's at hospitality. Work. It's work. I mean, there's work. It's, it's work. But I it's mean, you're tired. Hospitality and it's travel, right? So, I mean, people want to have a good time when they're doing those things. I mean, when I was in LA, I mean, it sounds like a great time, but people don't realize in LA, I was had a huge sinus issue, and like I'm literally on the plane, so I I thought it could have been COVID. This is like. February 28th, it's like, it's as like things are, as the pandemic is happening in like that Seattle area. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to talk to these people. And so I was looking at the symptoms like, okay, these are not the symptoms, but I've got to push on with this, with this event. Uh, I literally was tired. I mean, and we lose, we're usually coming from one, I, I think I was hosting journalists in Memphis probably just days before staying up. And we host, it's not like, you know, you're not, we're not. We're in the office for. We'll be in the office for eight hours working, and then we'll have to get off work and take someone to dinner. Knowing that uh, the really thing we really would like to do is just go home and sit and watch Netflix. <laughs> but we've got to sell the city, and so you're doing that. And well, then in it, St. Louis, right? It was so hot. It was like a hundred degrees outside. Oh, yes, yes. It was just the two of us loading everything in and out, and yeah. setting up, and breaking down, mm-hmm. and talking to people. So, I mean, there is work involved, yeah. but like, you can't. I mean. It, yeah, because the good comes with the when bad, we plan right? these activations, you're doing all the work. Yeah. So you're doing, you know, we're doing, we're securing the permits and the food, and we're doing all the all the things. So it's fun, and you and you get the success, and then it's on to the next thing. But mm-hmm. I'd rather be doing that that than spreadsheets. Yeah. It sounds like you guys need to hire some like interns. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, you may you may get a job. <laughs> Go load this trailer. <laughs> you know, it, and it was it's 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 been fun though. It's it been, been it's fun. been lots of fun. And you know, I, I love our executive team. There, they allow us to come up with ideas and things that work. 
Well, uh, and it also helps that we all really like each, each other, other. Yeah. And we yeah. all really get along and we hang out all the time outside we, of work. So we did all movie the night time. last night and, and then, then this morning we, we went to cycle bar. Oh, I have, I have a message from Leah talking shit about Milton Memphis. <laughs> you know what? If she knows me, it probably was true. <laughs> it probably was true. You know, that's we, we have a good relationship, you know, and we mostly everyone in our office is all very much so. Like me and Leah, we all love Memphis and love what we do. And, you know, and that was one of the things that made me leave Bash Pro Shops because I, I literally Bash Pro Shops gave me an offer to stay. Oh, wow. uh, you know, they were I, I opened up their baby and it was my baby. And I I was only there two years. I opened it up. The 20,000 people that came to the opening was all the. No, not there for me, but I did the planning of it. And, um, you know, and so I was like, am I, am I done here at this job? And so when I heard Memphis Tours, I was like, well, I could either be in this steel pyramid <laughs> or I could potentially help everybody in Memphis and, and do more and meet work bay. Didn't know if she was there at the time. And, and so, uh, the first, I think like the third day I walked in the office, I was like, okay, this was the right decision. Cause I didn't know at the time. It was literally kind of a parallel kind of position from what I was doing. And I was like, okay. Once he figured out what time we were supposed to be in the office. <laughs> <laughs> We'll say this. There was a little miscommunication uh, between someone who's no longer there um, up on my start time. For 10 weeks, I was 30 minutes late for 10 weeks. Every day, 30 minutes late. No one said a word. (laughs) And so one coworker (laughs) comes to the office like, and just think, I'm thinking, so I'm getting... Everyone gets to the office at 830. I'm getting there at 9. Mm. And so I thought that maybe I'm never like the 850 guy. I'm never there early before anyone else. I just figured maybe they all were just getting there before me. I always get into the office like 901, 902. You know, I was on time. And walk into what we call the fishbowls where all the marketing team is. And like everyone, this is like, I guess they had, this is their final straw. It was like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the final straw where they collectively was like, okay, we probably, is it him? Does he really know what's, like, they didn't know. Yeah. And so I'm still the new guy after 10 weeks. <laughs> and so someone's like, you know, like, you're late. And I'm like, no, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> and I was like, no, like we all get here at eight thirty. <laughs> there was a little slight miscommunication and like some hiring information. And it's funny how that could happen, you know, but it, you know, but the individual who was responsible for the mi- miscommunication is no longer there. But mm-hmm. um but no, uh he was a great, great guy. Um but um <laughs> they uh they always look at our start times at work and you know some of the guys don't even start till like eight nine you know whatever and the rest of us are starting at like four thirty five o'clock i sent an email out yesterday it's like if you're getting this email you're good if you didn't get this email let your friends know that didn't get this email to start on time <laughs> oh wow so, yeah wow because now apparently they watch in because they consider a start time when we when the truck starts rolling right I'm like, well, you know, what if they doing stuff on their iPad, like Sam's orders or stuff like that on the iPad? Because all that's on email to us. And I was like, they're like, well, you need to be rolling. So, so you just roll down the street and then do stuff on the iPad. <laughs> yes, I don't fucking know. Looking for solutions here. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me, what would your dream job be? Traveling or doing nothing. Get a job with them. <laughs> they do something. Yeah. Oh, nothing yeah. Car. nothing oh car. you said you said travel and do, do nothing. nothing. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. They kind of threw me off with the job when I was like, when I heard them say they do everything. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we get, you know, even on the media side, like I get grilled by, you know, so like, like I get grilled by like, is that question uh, if, 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 if Memphis is safe or if, you know, you get grilled and you get in the hot seats or you might even find journalists that ask that question that you never knew of Memphis that no Memphian probably has never heard about, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, my gosh, how, like how some do, obscure like some, song lyric or yeah. something. I'm like, how am I supposed to know that? But so, but, you know, you get you it can get rough and, you know, and you we're always we're always on representing um, the destination and, and answering things accordingly. It gets it has its moments. <laughs> What is your selling point of Memphis to people? You know, it's easy. Honestly, you know, uh, it's our it's brand him. is music. Our One. brand is, our brand is yeah. music. It will. It's always it, been music, music. and people uh, from around the world know Memphis music. Yeah. It's, it's an easy sell outside of the city limits, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be totally honest. It's once you get outside of the city limits, people have an appreciation for what for Memphis is known for. It's the music. It's but the there's food. a lot more and people discover that. Yeah. But the hook, what what people know is is the music, mm-hmm. music, food, history. Yeah. Yeah, because I know when Cora worked at um, Stacks. No, she worked at um, Sun Studio. Oh, oh yeah, and she was saying like that was a big. A lot of people from out of the country would come here and just mm-hmm. to go to that place. Yep, I did go out to one spot in Australia on my my last night. I decided to stay up overnight to catch the flight the flight back. So I decided that would be the night that I would try a club uh, on my dime. Uh, <laughs> and so I went to, and so as the, the guy's checking my ID and he's like Memphis barbecue. Like all the way, this guy is probably he was looked younger than me at the time. He looked to be probably like twenty one, twenty two years old, just a guy. And the fact that all the way across, yeah, not a pond, but across, yeah, <laughs> all the way south at the end of the of the globe, that he could signify, see Memphis on my ID and say barbecue, meaning that we've done something right, and that you know people identify with the brand. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize until I moved here and started learning all these things and started learning about like all the songs that were recorded at stacks now everywhere i go no matter where i am in the world i'll hear memphis music somewhere like i was in bali and there's like one of these guys with a guitar outside a bar playing and of course he's playing a johnny cash song and Mm. then i was in uh moscow my brother takes me into this like little hole in the wall coffee shop and they've got record players and they're playing Elvis. And it's like, and now watching movies, you know, we watched that Malcolm and Marie mm-hmm. movie and there's a William Bell song and a Baby Driver. Like everything you hear now, once you know, it's like all comes back and it's connected to Memphis music. Mm-hmm. Wow. I heard that movie was terrible. Malcolm and Marie? I liked it. I of course. Lo- did you like it? I loved it. You know, it was, um, it depends, I guess, the kind of person that, that, what you're looking for when you watch movies. But I thought it was a real unique to see, because we don't always see the arc, an authentic argument happen on the screen. And it actually, gave you lots of feels. It gave you lots of feels. So if you, have you been in a heated relationship, if you've been in a relationship that had an argument, this movie was for you. If you were, were you both were, there was no wrong or right. Well, there know. was a little bit of wrong or <laughs> well, right. I mean, and the- <laughs> <laughs> see, What's the movie about? See, this is exactly how it's, the, so the argument starts. <laughs> so it's a couple. Uh, one of them's a filmmaker and his girlfriend come home from the premiere of his film. Mm-hmm. And it takes place in one night. And they pretty much, it's a, this arc of their argument. And it goes from, you know, we're just coming back and he's having a good time. They start fighting and it just unravels to 
taking a really deep dive into this relationship and mm. and their struggles with each other and all these things come out and the way they talk to yeah. each other and yeah because she did some things wrong so i think i'm thinking you must be on, so you're on his side no i'm on her side I mean, I mean, you're on her side. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You're on her side. See, I'm in the middle. <laughs> I'm in the middle. You, it's, it's literally because there were. It's he definitely did some. He, he definitely has some things to do better, and he definitely. I, I'm definitely with you. I'm on her side, but at the same time, I can see, I can see how how the the conflict happened, and I can see how that. You know, I can I can see he. You know, well, I can. Yeah, it's a relationship, shit. right? So everybody brings their baggage They're, and their yeah. stuff into it. But and that's why I say it's not he. That's why I say I don't necessarily that he was wrong. I just like that he needs to just. And that's why it's a good movie because after <laughs> the movie, you want to talk about yeah. it. Mm. You you know you want to dissect it. You want to take parts of the conversation yeah. and and be like, yeah, but he shouldn't have said that that way. Yeah. And and you know, yeah. So who told you it was bad? Yeah, who told you? I just you saw bad? people trashing it on the internet. Oh. It's slower. Netflix, I mean, it's Netflix. not like a. It's a Netflix movie, right? It's it on is. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't watch it to for enjoyment this is not that this is something you watch for the acting for the i say for the acting because that was like above i got you. anything else so this was really uh, this is a very artistically done well uh and i think you watch it if you if you really are into relationships and people and human emotions and all those things i think if you enjoy dissecting that and learn about that and i think if you're truly looking to be a better person in your interaction with other people then i think this is a movie for you mm, i'll have to check it out you I'm gonna watch pass. it too. <laughs> <laughs> My it's not Mission Impossible. So. Yeah. Have you guys heard of um, Order Fire? No. Uh, Nick and Fred, two local. Uh, I'm making a movie here in town called. They're doing it all themselves. It's called Order Fire. Uh, maybe you would know about it. But no, I haven't. Heard what is it about? Ah, oh, fuck. What was it about, Tony? It's about a front of the house guy and a back of the house guy. They both have drug issues. And one guy has come from money. Another guy is, you know, I'm assuming the guy that the back of the house doesn't have the same amount of money that the front of the house guy does. And it's just trying to see how the drugs and stuff that are affecting their lives and the people around them. Because I think they shot most of it at Pontotoc. Because mm-hmm. Nick okay. used to work at Pontotoc. He was the, uh, one of the guys that created all the craft drinks that they have mm-hmm. down there. But um, it seems interesting. I think it's supposed to come out maybe in April, April or May. So I think they've already one. they've already filmed. Yeah, it. They're, they're, editing. Yeah. they're editing now. Yeah. Have you all seen uh, Coming to America too? We you just know, watched it. Last, watched that's it last why night. I went over to his house last night. Was okay, to watch Coming don't to America ruin it. Too. What'd you think? Oh, it's... they should have left it alone. No, damn, you listen to this shit. That's, that's, that bad? that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like for real. He was like, "Don't ruin it. Expect- it's too late." <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to to meet that that level. You know, that first movie is oh, so iconic. Awesome. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, if you're expecting it to be that movie, it's not going to be that. But I think it had some good moments. And I would have. I rewrote the movie though, and I think my version was a lot better. <laughs> I saw they wanted to do it with Michael line. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan was supposed to be like a remake of it, and then I saw that they were talking about they were going to do it where Tracy Morgan was going to be Eddie Murphy's son, and then they were like, "He looks like you're the same age. How can he be your fucking son?" <laughs> Tracy Morgan's in it though. Yeah, yeah. I think he's yeah. like an uncle or yeah, something. Yeah, he's an I uncle. Saw. Yeah, that 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 movie. I think what they try it's, it seems like they tried to hold on to the old version and try to. Um, keep that aesthetic, and I, I don't think they accomplished that. Uh, I do think the future will tell if it becomes a cult classic. I did read, I think, I can't think of what 
critic wrote this article, but she said, you know, you have to remember that the old movie, that the original movie was also had the same kind of reviews um, that people thought it was, you know, gimmicky and and it can't be, you know, they didn't, you know, and so she says it was only over time that it became what it is. And so, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, the first time I saw that movie, I loved it. Uh, And so the original one that is. Uh, And so this one, I think it, I don't, I'm not going to say it can't become that, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to, but I, it's, you know, I think if they had wrote it with just less, they try too hard. That's what Sequels I'm are hard, though. Yeah, they try In too general, hard. right? Because mm-hmm. you have this first movie that held a certain standard. And, you know, whenever you make a sequel, how many sequels do you guys know of that are like better than the first one? Terminator 2. Besides that one. <laughs> Mighty Ducks 2. Mighty Ducks 2 is better than the first one? Of course. That's when they fought. Fought the. I mean, not fought, but they went against the what the Icelandic team, which was uh-huh. be like Russia. I was going to say guess. the Russian kids. Yeah, okay, they all Russian, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know, but you're probably right. So, would you rank it five out of five stars? It's one point two. Look at his face. <laughs> negative one. We, we can give negative scores. That's okay. You know, I'll give it a solid one. Oh damn! damn. Solid one. Man, you need to. <laughs> What my, it's so funny. My dad hit me up. He's like, uh, "Do y'all want to come watch the movie at the house? I have Amazon Prime." I'm like, "I have Amazon Prime." <laughs> yeah. come your well, why would your dad ask you that, Tony? Because he likes the movie. So I want to oh. know. Did, so, did you call? Did he like it? I don't know. I didn't. I haven't talked to because him because Martin, my cousin, called me and he said his parents loved it. Oh, really? Uh, and so I, I really, I don't know. Maybe it's an age thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call my auntie, Auntie uh, Annie. Uh, why don't you tell us about that, Tony? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, um, Tony, you have anything else for the fine folks? Yeah, I want to hear about um, where are some of the places y'all been to that you love the most as far as traveling goes? For oh. work or just in general? Just uh, Let's skip work. Let's just say in general. Or you can put work in there, too. Like your top three work and then top three personal. Your question is so too hard. I mean, man. my top I, one it, work is has to be Australia. I don't. Uh, my job doesn't take me as many places as Milton's. Mm. I mean, Milton gets to travel a lot more than I do. But I was lucky enough to go to Australia, and that was amazing. Um, New Orleans was really fun too. I love that city. So New New Orleans was my. You know, that's I've been there both for work and for not work. So New Orleans is is I I think I like New Orleans because it reminds me of Memphis. It's just it's just uh, a little bit. It's I I just sometimes joke with journalists and say Memphis, New Orleans. When if someone doesn't understand Memphis, have never ever really been to the South, but they might know New Orleans. Sometimes I might throw that in there and say, "Well, New Orleans is like Memphis's big sister. She's one hundred years older, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because she's just they just celebrated their three hundred. They're three hundred years, and we just did two hundred. Yeah. So I might throw that in there as a little joke that seems to work. Uh, <laughs> and we're both river cities, both they're both music heritage. Uh, so I think I like New Orleans because there's a similarity there. But uh, so New Orleans is one. I really surprisingly love Philly. Mm, I, uh, I I did not think that I was going to like really fall in love with Philly. Like if Memphis was an eastern city, I think it would be Philly. Uh, it's just I think Philly is, is a place that I really that was very much so like Memphis, very unassuming. I think it. It's overshadowed by all the other great cities in the Northeast. Uh, but I think uh, Philly is definitely would be my one choice. And um, I think that's, I mean, I, I 
honestly, I have this whole thing with cities. It's hard to I look at I try to look at them like individual people. They all have the different wants and needs and, and drastically different. So it's hard for me to like, I guess yeah, if I'm a dating a city or living there, I guess I would have to choose. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but if I'm choosing amongst friends, like I value them all as an individual living, breathing things that have different qualities that I can't compare. Mm. Do you have any trips planned? Either one of you? Um, not pl- well, I'm talking to some friends about going to Denver and going skiing, but haven't planned it out yet. Oh, it's kind of like when you went to Florida and our invitations got lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I decided oh. to go to Florida and like on a whim, but well, I just got back from Mexico. Damn. I also got back from Mexico. <laughs> what? So who knows? This, you can't prove. So I did go to Mexico for New Year's Eve. Uh, and- Was it Tulum? No, uh, I went Vallarta. to Puerto Vallarta. Oh, okay. That's really nice too. Yeah. But Tulum's like the new up and up. But they one literally made memes after he got back from Puerto Vallarta about how all these people were going to Puerto Vallarta for New Year's. But Puerto Vallarta felt like they were there was no precautions anywhere. Yeah. It was just like wide open. <laughs> uh, although I was on a resort, I did not do any of the parties. I didn't do any part. I flew in. Uh, I sent my quarantine before I left so that I could make sure that I wasn't bringing anything to the destination, trying to do my best. Uh, and then I get there and, you know, I check in the resort. It was mainly on the resort for majority of the time, uh, only with my 10 friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that 10 group of 10, I was the only one that uh, 10 days, well, less than four days after the trip was positive with, with the coronavirus. Oh. Um, and so that was, uh, yeah, my mother first, um, <laughs> she was not happy because she said, you should have stayed your butt at home. Uh, but, but it's hard to not, you know, to, to down, it's hard. It's when it's kind of a hypocrite because we promote travel. Mm. So it's kind of one of those things where promote travel and we, and throughout the pandemic at various points, we've been like, okay, when the timing is right for you, travel <laughs> to Memphis, uh, you know, and, and, and be as safe as you can be. Uh, you know, but uh, but anyway, you know, I I had a good time and thank I'm I'm is great. Is that on that, your list? Is that, that is, one of your favorite cities? I would love to own property there, like in Puerto Vallarta. It was really I had I had a really great time. It, it it I I enjoyed it. I would say if I had a top five and this is just places I've been, it would be not in any particular order. But I love Tel Aviv, love mm. it. It feels like home to me. I mean, we lived there and my father's from there, so that could be a reason why. But Tel Aviv, Amsterdam, um, I really love Bali, just the entire country. The people there are amazing. And then if I had to pick one of the places I went to in Australia, it'd be Byron Bay, which is with where I think the Helmsworth brothers live there. Mm. But it's this like cute little, I mean, I is guess. Is that Sydney? Is that outside? No, no, no. no. Okay. It's uh, near the Gold Coast. Near the Gold Coast. Okay. It's up north. Um I guess I went when all of the uh, tourists had just left. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was like, like height of the season, but it felt like this just like really cute little sleepy surfer town. And it was fun to just explore there on my own. And then did I say Amsterdam? Yeah. Amsterdam was amazing. And then Panama is really nice too. Really? You, you forgot to mention Mother Russia. I, you know, Moscow's Moscow's amazing. The the city itself and the history and going to the Kremlin and the in I went the last time I was there was right before Christmas and that city does Christmas up like the amount of lights that they put everywhere is gorgeous. I think it's just because you know it's like negative 
20 degrees. And so they're <laughs> yeah. like, you want to come outside to see these things? It's like yeah. blinking lights. But um, I would get kidnapped. I, I like Russia. Russia. <laughs> the <laughs> countryside is beautiful. It's very green. Excuse me. Can you tell me where to find the? Yeah, yeah. Go in this little room. <laughs> and then boom, gone missing. I never want a milk cart. Yeah, that's that sounds awesome, man. All those places both of y'all mentioned. Yeah, I've never been to Philly. I heard it's nice. I've yeah, never been. I've been to the airport. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really good time uh, in Philly. It's just kind of uh, you know, and I love it. It's centrally located. You can go to catch a train to New York mm. or to DC uh, or Baltimore. DC. You know, it's really convenient. I do love a good L.A., though. I do love Los Angeles. Oh, L.A. is awesome. Yeah, I do. I like to visit L.A., but I can only be there for a couple no, days. I love their traffic for some reason, No, too. I do not. <laughs> How do you love their traffic? What is wrong more with you? People, more people get to see him. <laughs> well, it's kind of that theory. It takes 45 minutes to get anywhere in L.A. It, it doesn't really matter. Did, man. Like, we were we were at this hotel, and we were going to this mall. The guy's like, yeah, it's about three miles. And I'm like, oh, cool. 45 minutes. An hour, like almost an hour later, we yeah. get to the mall. It doesn't like, matter. Fuck. Three miles, ten miles. It's always forty-five same. minutes. Yeah, this is yeah. true. This is true. But you know, I think the thing is, every time I see traffic, I feel like you know, traffic is bad, and we need to do better and make more, for, you know, transportation do better in terms of the environment. But when I see traffic, to me, sometimes it seems like okay, people are going places, they have jobs. They, I think, I think of it like. Maybe the economy, like economic, economic maybe there's growth happening because there's now traffic, but they've had traffic way too long. But, <laughs> uh, you know, so when I see traffic in Memphis, I get slightly excited. It's like, OK, so this is great. <laughs> Means we have a, a population that might be growing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we need to you know make sure that we have some alternatives to transportation in our cars. Well, yeah. we also need to make sure that we keep up with the infrastructure, right? Yeah. As we mm-hmm. grow. Well, I have noticed I have noticed a lot more traffic on the road past like months than previous like five months. Stuff's opening back up slowly, and you know people get back to work and stuff. Like usually, I'm a, I'm the lone car on the on the highway or something like that going to work to my to Arlington. But like, dude, there's a bunch of traffic now. Yeah, like it's it's, it's just big. like in the last couple months, or yeah, in the last couple weeks, yeah. like a couple weeks and months. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was just in the last couple of weeks. I was just like, "Oh, guess I guess it's over." <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as the vaccines rolling out, and and one as it's getting nicer outside, and people are getting out more, um, like the whole in in our industry, they're calling it revenge travel. Mm. It's going to be a thing. Like people are just going to want to get out to get out. Yeah, I, th- I think the you know travel industry, where the city. You know, I think cities across the world are going to bounce back pretty well in terms of those who have heavy focus in their economics on tourism. I think it's I'm excited to see what happens. I think people are going to be going out a lot. People are going to be spending a lot of money because they haven't been doing shit. If they have been doing shit, it's been like hanging out at the house, having house parties because people have still been getting together. Yeah. I mean, that's that's 100 percent. Like mm-hmm. you go to Nashville, it's it's quote unquote wide open. You wear a mask going in. But once you hit walk in. I don't want to say nothing to you or, you know, because when, when we were there last time for Eubank, our friend Eubank's party um, in July, in June or July, um, it was, uh, you know, he threw that party and, they, you know, they, a bunch of shit happened at the party because like a, a thousand people there. Right. But then where we were staying across the street was the Dream Hotel. And Nick was like, come over here, come over here. I was like, oh, I would have met up, met up with him. And dude, there was like 300 people in a room like the size of my house probably or 500 people and DJ going, it was like, Oh, this is the middle of pandemic. What's going on? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And how you talk about earlier, um, Milton, that places have different closing times, even though it's 10 o'clock or supposed to be 10 o'clock by the city ordinance or whatever, or 12 o'clock now. I was at a bar a couple of weeks ago. I think we only left there like one of the, one o'clock or two yeah. o'clock, you know, like it, and yeah. nobody said a word, you know, everyone's just hanging out, drinking, bartenders having a good time. Everyone's having a good time, you know, brands going. Yeah, yeah. I was, we were talking the other week and I'm like, I wonder if there's going to be like another baby boom after this is <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Cause it's the same yeah. as like world war two is over. It's like where everybody wants to get out and party yeah, yeah. and yeah. who knows? So we do this thing, advice for people. Oh, what's your advice for people? Wilson? Um, let's see. Advice for people. Um, I would say, you know, my going advice would be your authentic self at all times. Uh, you know, I would say live live the world uh, and, you know, live. Don't try to. I think sometimes people are just so amped up on planning every aspect of life and are forgetting that. I always say, you, you, you know, you're you're always planning for a life, but you're also living. Mm. So it's like so stop planning for life that you plan to live and live. I like, I that, like that a lot. Leah. I would say, yeah, kind of in the same vein as, as Milton, like take it all in. You know, we're only here once. Take the good with the bad. This is the life that we're given. So enjoy it. I like that. Tony? I don't have any advice for people. Why don't you have any advice? You know, Just we don't. do this every podcast. <laughs> well, I have. It's there. It's about them. It's not about us. But yeah, go on and read yours or tell yours. I have one. Oh, I want um, to talk about something when you're done. Okay. Before we get done. Um, I have... Um, I know exactly what you want to talk about. Just go. Um, so I was watching this video. Yes. A couple of days ago at the gym. Um, it was a YouTube like mega mash or something like that. And in it, it has fast and furious, like all their songs for that movie, right? All the movies. And there's a scene. I think you probably remember this. It's where is it? Ludacris, the rapper. That's mm-hmm. in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Ludacris is what working on a car. Cause they finally got some big heist. They did and got all the money and they split it. And Tyrese pulls up in this like really exotic car, and then he's showboating the car just ludicrous and blah blah blah. So before he leaves, uh, Ludacris's girl pulls up in the same car. So he's like, "Oh fuck this! You can't have the same car." But then he's like, "You know what?" He was like, "We can shine together." So don't hate on other people for doing good things when there's so much there's so much money and stuff to go around we don't have to hate each other on because you have this and i don't have it you can go get that too probably now how you go attain that it might be harder for you than other people's but it's there to be taken there's so much money in the world being spent every day so it's there if you want money go get it tony gave me this tony gave me this challenge to turn ten dollars into a thousand dollars so i started taking pies and cake orders yesterday and i've already made 550 dollars because i just got two more orders right now so he was like he was like and then you know it's just that thing he's like i want to see if you can do this but you know i spent 60 dollars to buy all the stuff i needed because i just didn't want to go do one cake and then make another cake. you know i was like fuck it I'm, I, I have the orders i'm gonna make i got all the stuff at the pantry but it's just like and that was just texting people that i know now they're going to tell their friends and, you know, so I said, that might actually become something. I might, you know, make a little yeah, extra home money. Baking is a thing. I just bought, mm-hmm. uh, I bought, she does like Chinese bao, like the oh, buns. Yeah. Oh, cool. She's a home baker and she only does it. Like she only bakes on Saturdays and Sundays and you pick it up from her house. They're really good. Wow. It's called Lammy, Lammy Bakes. 
Huh. What do you want to talk about, Tony? So I signed him up for uh, Meet My Person, the Meet My Person project. Yay! Milton is going to be featured, what, next week? If I can finish the Two application. <laughs> I nominated Milton. Oh, so. I, didn't, I didn't fill out any of this stuff. I was yeah. like, you want me on there? You, you do it all. <laughs> So, yeah, I filled That's this exciting. thing out. And then today they emailed him that I guess they're going to try to do him like Tuesday or was it Wednesday or Thursday? One of the, I think it was so yeah, I gotta, Wednesday. I got to verify the profile or whatever. Yeah. But. That that's great. I hear it's very skewed. I mean, from the numbers, right? That they yeah, posted. it was more women, right? It's like a ton of women. Yeah. And it, just... well, we'll see what gay people think. <laughs> 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 For me, we'll see. We'll see. So, uh, how does it exactly work, though? So, you go to the Instagram page, and then you say, "I think that person's attractive." Or so you send them a message, like the you company? can. So, I think it's also just if you also see, like, if I saw a profile and i thought that person would be good for one of my friends so it's like this whole social experiment of not just if you see it but if you know somebody Mm. right that you connect them so not just the people that are on the instagram account from what i gather it's not just memphis that they want to do too they want to branch it out because when i was filling this profile i was like do you want to do local or does it matter where yeah oh, this is that. a yeah. memphis thing only no that's yeah, what i'm saying i think they're, they're trying to do more it's going to be you can like if you want to travel to meet somebody you can meet that but person. it's based in memphis but it's yes. based the in memphis. Yeah, yeah. we need to get the people on the podcast yeah her yeah. name is Ma- melissa she actually she was on her, uh, link up. my link up uh, that i do quarterly she was uh and she reached out to me through new memphis uh and new memphis was like milton might be a great yeah, person two women that started <laughs> like, does everyone know i'm single mm-hmm. uh but <laughs> uh but no uh she was she was melissa's i can't think of her last name but uh but yeah i can i can connect you guys yeah sweet thank you and if there's any attractive or nice men that are listening to this podcast we'll hook you up with uh Milton Why are you Memphis. looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I said attractive and nice. Uh, yeah, Milton, I usually don't look like this. <laughs> I'm usually pretty kept. Did you guys see the one that was posted last week? Uh, my friend Chutney. 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 Was oh. it? I think I did see the girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, there were girl. two women. There were... The, the last two have both been women. Yeah. Where do y'all see this at? It's On what the is it? Instagram, Instagram account. What is it called? Meet the, My Person. Meet My Person Project or something. Yeah, Chutney was the first one I freaked. Brooke was the second one. Oh, yes, I did see those two ladies. Yeah. So yeah. Chutney is really great. She's amazing. She's a, a close friend of mine. Very smart, intelligent, bright, all of the above. She's also a matchmaker. She's also a matchmaker. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's I think it's a cool idea, man. You can kind of vet people for But the matchmaker needs love too. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Hitch. Yeah, the movie. Kind of like Hitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you must have what I was saying. I usually have clean I'm usually, I'm usually clean shaven. Tell, tell Milton about your journey. To the to the kitchen? Or? No. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, so last year No, and start like in the beginning. Like say like say two thousand seven. In the beginning. Oh. Me and Tony were hanging out. I don't think people want to hear that. Okay. So to about so Nick was getting married um in two thousand seven, right? Something like that. Okay, 2008, whatever. So, yeah, 2007. So, and I, can't, I don't remember how we started having this conversation, but I was in the wedding, mm-hmm. right? And we, we, Tony was like, let's start working out. So, we started working out. Then I went from 300. No, that's not what happened. Please tell the story you're right if you're going to tell it. <laughs> he came to me and he's like, man, I want to lose some weight. Because he was like, what are you, like three something? He was like three something at the time. I don't time. remember this part. But. And so, I was like, okay, we'll go sign up at the gym on this day. That day came and I was like, let's go to the gym. 
And he was like bitching about it. So we went and then he started losing weight. Then the wedding happened or whatever. He was, you know, fit, fit in the suit. And then he kept doing it. kept going, 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 going. And then it was like 2010, we were going to Vegas and he wanted to keep working out. So he started working out and he got like down to like 180 or whatever. And so then Nick supposedly got him in uh myth and health men's. What is it called? <laughs> Memphis health and fitness, which was me. I wrote them and I was like, Hey, can you put them in his, your article or whatever? So they put him oh, in wow. the article and then he started having fun. Then <laughs> <laughs> I, I had fun for the, the next nine years. Yeah. But then you know, now comes, you know, 2020 and I'm like 350. I mean, so, so sorry, 2019, I'm like 350. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I see a lot of people doing this keto thing. I see a lot about on Instagram. You know, let me, let me mm-hmm. see what this is. I like, I like cheese. You know, I, I, bacon. I you know, you bacon? I don't eat meat, but like, you know, it's so pretty much keto is no carbs. Right. But I was like, there's so much stuff that these people are eating that I can eat that I like, you know? And I was like, fuck it. Let me try it. So I lost 20 pounds. So I got down to no, I lost like 30 pounds. So I got down to 306 and then I got down to like 290. But then I stopped again, right? Because that, you know, that's what happens. You get comfy, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I've got back up all the way to 320s when I started. Or no, 306 is when I started again in March 2020. And so it's going to be one year on the 7th, which is what? Monday. So in that one, so from March to May, I lost 80 pounds in 100 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just ate, you know, I was eating one meal, but that one meal was like, you know, pretty much whatever I wanted. So like, it was like, like 1100 calories, probably 1200 calories, something like that. And then, you know, water. So you're doing intermittent. Yeah. I was doing six. Yeah. 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 But like, I would just not, instead of just doing 16, eight, I was doing the whole day. I was going 24 straight hours without eating because I would eat it around 536 and then I would eat the next day. Whatever time I ate the day before is when I broke my fast the next day. Mm-hmm. So I was getting the full benefits of the shit. Drinking water all day and walking like 10, 15,000, 20,000 steps a day. And then, you know, in around August, uh, I did this walk challenge for myself. That I was going to walk 10 miles a day every day for the month of August. And we know how hot it is in Memphis in August. Yes. So... Some days I was walking like 12, 13 miles, right? This is coming after after work, you know, like I would get like three or four miles at work, right? And then I would do the rest of my st- rest of my stuff every, you know, however many miles I'd go ahead. On the weekends, I was walking like 20 miles a day. Wow. Yeah, so like 18, you know, me and my friend Kelly, we one time, one time we walked like like 17 miles. And then I was in a contest with somebody. I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure they had a really good weekend. <laughs> so on 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 that Saturday, I was like, you know, this guy's really active. He's a personal trainer, thinks he can beat me. I was like, I'm not gonna lose to him, dude. I smoked him by like forty thousand uh, steps. Wow. Yeah, I was like, because I overdid it on that on that Saturday, just because just knowing that I was he was gonna, I was gonna, I was pretty close. This was probably the most hardest competition I've had was him, and I smoked him, and you know, I just kept on doing it, and then around November, December, put on twenty pounds back on. And that's what I'm working on right now to get off is right now is the is that weight. So are you going back to steps now that it's nice outside? Yeah. I actually walked the other day, but I've been going to the gym a lot. I've been lifting weights now too. That's great. So what's the what was your top I'm sorry, one second. Because my friend Nick told me that if I wait <laughs> if, if I lift weights, it'll it'll absorb some of the fat also faster. 
Nick's a great guy. I can't he wait to me, bleep his name out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true, right? Like that's why they have they tell you to do like legs because you know the more muscle you have, the more you're burning fat. Mm-hmm. So, and the biggest muscles you have are in your legs. That is true. Nick's a smart man. He told me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had me on a bike today, a cycle, and yeah. I felt like it was you know I was my first time being an insane. I like bike riding, but I don't like being told <laughs> what speed to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, and don't you have to, like, stand yeah, on the bike? Stand yeah, it's good. I, you go hard as fuck resistance. You're like, I don't know what place at. There's one in Midtown. There's one in Germantown, but the one we went to is uh, in in Midtown on Cooper. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah my friend Alex. Um, like, across from Slider Inn-ish. Oh, okay. She goes, not Alex Elliman, but my other friend Alex, she goes to the one in Germantown, and she does, like, what is it? Pure bar or something yeah. like that. She does all those classes and, you know, she's in this comp in this contest that me, Nick, Rick, James, and Bert are doing Twitch and Twitch. Sorry. Twitch is in it also. So we have a $50 bet against each other. Whoever wins in our little group, we have to, you know, everyone, everyone's up for 50 bucks, right? It's the winner. The contest is, um, $750 to male and female winners at this gym called NBS in Cordova. But the thing that's weird is I just went in, they paid 20 bucks, got this little machine called InBody, and they did my fat and all that stuff. I'm standing on it. But, you know, just a guide, right? Mm-hmm. And we all had to do that. And then, but there was no push to either join that gym or use amplified meal plans. So they kind of missed the opportunity here. They did a, they did a contest. They got about 65 people in it, but they missed the opportunity to promote their own businesses. I think, in this contest, because if I was Rick, I would have made sure that when I knew people were signing up, that I would be or not be there, but like you know, have have you know, have the people that were weighing us in uh, talk about our different sponsorships, you know, or talk about my food, or talk about the vitamin shop, a nutri shop. I mean, it's called you know, talk about that. When we went in there, my friend Alex went in there. It was literally we walked in. The guy was like, "Oh yeah, you can do it over here." Put your hand here, hold this, stand on this, you know, nothing, nothing mentioned about, Hey, if you're interested, you know, we can get you some free lessons for like, a, you know, like, or you can come to the gym for a week for free. So it was to, after me, missed opportunity big yeah. time because the gym is $55 a month. It's one of those, like, you know, I didn't see a cardio machine in there. It's one of those gyms where you go lift, mm-hmm. you lifting, you know, and they got the CrossFit thing in the back, like, you know, but like that was a missed opportunity from that, from, from their employee. Because see, Rick owns Amplify Meals, which is a meal prep thing. But, you know, that should have all been done. Like, you know, you get- So do you have to do, are you, are you getting the meals in order to be part of the program? No, that's the thing. That's the thing. Oh, okay. There was nothing about the meals even mentioned by anybody. The only thing I know. There, there was this place in Tucson, but right before I left, I think I did a couple of their classes. And their whole marketing shtick was you- um, it was like a weight loss challenge, like with yourself mm-hmm. and you would go in and join this gym and you would pay them for the class or like put up a deposit. And if you met your goal, you wouldn't have to pay. Oh, damn. That's pretty legit. Right. So then you're like going and trying to like yeah. meet these yeah, fitness goals. You haven't yeah. between yourself. So what's the bet between everybody? Like who can lose? Because I feel like that's so. So the bet was us five or six. Is so the contest is set up to where if you every pound you lose is one point, every pound of muscle you gain is one point, but every pound of muscle you lose 
is two point negative one point. Okay. So. So you can't do too much cardio. So this it's is way better than our Memphis meltdown. Yeah. So like, I, which just, I won, by the way. It's kind of just like, you know, it's like, because you can't just go in there and, you know, and you can maintain your muscles, right? But if you're working out and dieting, if you're not lifting, you're going to start losing muscle, right? So that's the way they have that contest set. But is there an advantage for like, if somebody has like a lot of weight to lose and it's easier for them to lose, you know what I mean? Like- if you're no. fitter, how how is that? Well, the like their their thing would be muscle, right? Because so then you're just trying to bulk up. Yeah, and these guys know the tricks to how to put muscle on fast. It. It's, it's it's not not saying the gym is like that. I'm saying the friends I have know that. Yeah. Well, the see, tricks. I didn't think it's fair that Rick's in it with y'all because one, it's his competition, and two, he works out all the time. No, he doesn't work out anymore. You haven't seen him in a while, have you? Mm-hmm. Not saying he's fat or anything, <laughs> but you know, he's still he's still swole and shit, you know, but not the way you, you probably remember him. So when does this end? Like when's your deadline? Uh two days before I go to Destin. Oh then no, 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 I'm sorry. It's it ends while we're in Destin, but I'm weighing in a day early because I'm gonna be When in are Destin. you going to Destin? When? Yeah. Don't worry. The people at Milton, you'll get an invite. <laughs> no, uh, go to Destin at the end of April, the last weekend. Okay. So it's like six, six or eight weeks. Yeah. It's like eight weeks. And then when is your, you gave up drinking for Lent too. Oh yeah. That's, that's, ugh. how's that going? I haven't drank yet. That's good. But every time I look at beer, I want a beer, you know, but uh, I'm part, I'm not going to drink till the end of this, con- this competition. That'll help. Yeah. Tony, did you give anything up for Lent? No, I'm not Catholic. Well, I'm not either. But it's, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, it's just something, you know, I was like, oh, you know, everyone. But now this year, like I've noticed in my memories on Facebook, like two years ago, all these people responded like, I'm giving up this for Lent. This is Lent. this year. People no. don't want to give anything up this yeah. year. Yeah. Nobody wants to give we're up shit. We gave up we things. <laughs> yeah, people are, like, people are like, no, I'm good. And it's just people I know like are super Catholic and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah you know, I'm good. I'm what good. was that movie, uh, 40 Days and 40 Nights? Yeah, Something with like uh, oh, I can Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Yeah. What was it about? He gave up sex, right? Yeah. And he's like, he was like a fuckboy for fuckboys, I believe. I think that's like the premise of the movie. But then he meets this girl and then they're dating, but he can't have sex with her or do anything else. Yeah. And so he has to get to know her. I remember uh, Turnage <laughs> gave up sex for Lent. And then he was hanging out with this chick, and the chick was like, oh, I want to give you a threesome. And he's so dumb. He's like, no. I'm like, bitch, you don't get these kind of opportunities any other fucking time. Why would you turn that down? You're not Catholic, man. Stop. Because that's a devil testing him. <laughs> he's a devil. Oh, I would definitely have taken a threesome. <laughs> and I'm not going to. It's just a woman, right? Not another guy. Right? <laughs> you do have like, to ask. Like you did say that earlier, you know. You would two expect, other dudes. You'd expect the, you'd expect the girls to do something with each other, but I don't want to make hey, out. Yeah, you know, like, that's the question you got to ask up front, I guess. Yeah, Milton, me. have you ever given up something for like Lent or or done that? No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, let me see. You know, you know, even you know, a lot of my cousins do the whole fasting thing at the start of the year mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, the closest I ever come to like. A, fasting or it was I tried challenge. to get you to fast and you couldn't even do one day like, you know we no we were doing no what did we do we no were do- so I've done I've done juice fasts mm-hmm. so I've done like five day juice fast and then I did a 10 day water fast oh 
which was interesting. And then I was going to do like I do a five day juice fast usually at the beginning of a season to kind of like kick off a new season. Yeah. And so everybody in our workplace, we have these like Memphis meltdowns, which are like weight loss type of competitions because we get a lot of food brought to the office and I we're bet. always eating out and we have to take people out. So it's, it's always been a challenge <laughs> to, to eat right. But um, so everybody in, in the office was going to do my five day juice cleanse. And some I made it to like day two or three. <laughs> like we had a meeting at the record place in Bartlett for the vinyl records that we were uh, working with them on a project. And I remember leaving there and I was angry throughout the entire tour of their facility. I was <laughs> I was angry. Fasting and I, is more mental than it is physical. And I got in the car and went to Taco Bell. <laughs> well, you know, like, like when I'm doing this fast, and I'm doing it right now, but like, you know, I broke my fast today at like 11.45 instead mm-hmm. of 12 because we were going to the gym and I needed to get my protein in, you know, so I was like, fuck it. And, <clears throat> but like, it, it, it really is hard. Uh, now, if I was sitting at like, at home, it's even harder. Like right today is harder. Like, but when you, when I'm at work, it's not as hard, even though I've seen like, you know, Kroger's a lot and stuff like that, you know? So it's just, it's like, Oh my God, like I went to Kroger today and I literally bought the stuff I needed to make these pies and stuff that people have ordered, you know, I'm like, fuck, I want everything. (laughs) And you know, I didn't, I didn't even go down the chip aisle because I knew I would have failed or I didn't even go down this aisle, you know, but I'm going to really, I'm going to give it, Everything for the two months, and then when and we're then you're the- gonna go to Dustin and. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's how I was in Mexico. I mean, if you look at my picture from me in Mexico in December and look at me now, it's like two different people. One, my hair is different, but but two, uh, I you know I wasn't leading up to get to Mexico yeah. so I could be the, the person I thought I could be on the beach. <laughs> 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 and you know, and and I today was literally my first day working out. Since Mexico. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. <laughs> it's like one of those things is like you feel like not going, but as soon as you leave, you appreciate that you went. You yeah. Feel good, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we went today. I haven't been to the gym fucking since March. If that or Do you guys have like to wear that. a mask? Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. It was pretty bad. But. I've been since Monday, you know, and I'm kind of getting used to it. But like when I'm doing cardio, my whole mask is a sweat, right? And when I keep on, like, I'll swallow a bunch of sweat from my mask. Ugh. It's fucking nasty. Yeah. So now what I do is I just pull it down below my nose. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck it, you know. And no one gives a fuck. You know, no one says anything. Show, me, show them your card. You've been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. I have also gotten one. I'm scheduled for my second one next, I'm, next week. I'm fully vaccinated. <laughs> and you've had COVID, so. And I've had COVID, so. COVID kid. Wow. Yeah. Are you, you've been vaccinated? So I have to wait my 90 days. So I still have antibodies. So um, I have to wait until the end of this month. I got you. Donnie said he's going to get it, but whenever, like, later down the line or well, something. Well, now, like, they've opened it up starting Monday. They're in a new phase. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is if you have, like, hypertension. And then another one is if your uh, BMI is above 30. Oh, really? Well, the thing is, you can ch- you can check off anything on when you're signing up. And to you have this condition, when you go there, they're not even asking for proof. I saw it on the news. On yeah. actually, they're not asking for whatever ailment proof for that ailment. So pretty much the city of Memphis is telling us to get. I, we just go get your vaccine. We don't care. Yeah. Just, yeah, just, just go get, get vaccinated. Just get it. Just yeah. get, just because get what's happening now is 
a lot of people are making appointments and not going because mm-hmm. I saw this on the news, like 850 people didn't show up to their appointments uh, the other day. Well, when I, so the reason I got mine was because it, I went and volunteered at the Whitehaven um, site. And so I volunteered for five hours and then you're not guaranteed if you volunteer, but yeah. usually if they have some leftover, they'll um, ask you if you want your shot. And um, it was the day after like the first day that people got back on the road after the snow that everything was starting to mellow was that saturday Mm -hmm. nobody showed up for their appointment and so people started calling people and there was a line i think from four no probably like two o'clock on and and you know one guy asked and he was like I was like, how did you know about this? And he said that there was like an, a newsletter that went out to their entire church to come down and get in line because they, wow. they could get the vaccine. Yeah, I was in line the, for, for my first shot for like 45 minutes. My second shot was at scheduled for 9.30. Me, my friend Alex took me and we got there at 8.40 and we literally didn't have to wait at all. It was like 15 minutes or... 15 minutes to get into the bay to get the shot. And then we had to wait the 15 minutes, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. But, dude, it, it didn't take no time. Yeah, I think they've they hopefully have gotten it. Yeah, it, it's it's super fast now. Like, that first shot was like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of long, you know. But Did you have any side effects from the second one? Mm-mm. My arm hurt a little bit from the shot, doesn't it? My arm hurt from the first one. Um, both my parents are fully vaccinated now, and they didn't really have any side effects but that's no. good yeah my parents were vaccinated too they didn't have any issues yeah. so you said you did have covid though mm-hmm. you did so how did you have it any difficulties um yeah i was trapped in my room <laughs> it was it was beautiful 14 <laughs> days it was so amazing that's how i knew he was sick because he wouldn't be an annoying <laughs> yeah i felt you know out of it you know um i had a lot of stomach issues mm-hmm. but not like everything else not really man did you yeah. lose smell or taste mm-hmm Really? So that's the only thing that happened. That was the worst that happened to me. Well, you had a Uh, little bit of nasal or... Well, like the nasal, it it lasted less than 24 hours. Like the nasal, like it was like Wednesday, I had like a slight cough. Thursday, I was like, oh, this is real. This is, this might be COVID. Friday, I was like, there was no cough, felt fine, but still got tested. Monday, Saturday morning, got the results. But Saturday, I woke up, I was like, okay, so... I do feel sick. I do feel like something's wrong. Uh, but, you know, it and nasally came like throughout the day. Went to bed, woke up. It was fine. Then it came throughout the day again on Sunday. Had like a slight fever here and there. And then by Monday, I felt fine. But that's when my nasal started doing this whole, you know. Congestion. Can, like, well, no, not congestion. It was this, like, like being in, like, you go swimming and you get nose, that burning sensation. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could breathe fine, but it was, like, this burning sensation that happened. Uh, like, when you, like, like there's water in your nose yeah. and, like, but it was just, like, burning. There was nothing there. I could breathe fine. And then, and then like, next thing, I'm like, oh, my gosh can't smell anything so that's what that's when like it was disconnecting and it's still only back like 50 percent uh like i like i literally it has to be really close to me before i can really get a whip oh, of what wow. like i have to be immersed in it yeah. uh my taste came back relatively quick but that smell is like a it's a slow go i did have i did have a cough um but man outside of that i don't think that was it yeah, and then besides that, my mom freaking me out. You know, <laughs> you know, just like, oh, you need to go to the oh, emergency room. <laughs> we didn't. We, so I called my brother. My brother's a doctor. I said, like, yeah, hey, I got COVID. He's like, all right, well, 
you just need to do this, you know, drink this, you got a water or whatever. And, um, I was like, and, and do not call your mother and tell her, did you have COVID? Because she's probably going to die if you tell her that. So my mom was like, when are you going to come see me? I was like, oh, I'm so busy at work. I don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Mom so actually, stress. She knows now. Yeah. No, no. She doesn't know that you've had COVID. N- no. And she's not, she won't ever know. <laughs> it's probably best. I mean, they don't have to know everything as long as we survive. <laughs> what's going to happen is she's going to be like, oh, well, you, you, my son, my son, you don't need to be out here working uh, so hard for those people. You know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, she's going to, you know, she's going to worry, you know, and stop that I'm going to get it again and everything. You but know, now yeah. you're fully vaccinated. Well, I did tell her I got fully vaccinated, and, you know, so I can come back. She was like, well, now you can come in the house, right? I was like, no, no, I don't think I'm going to come in the house. Because yeah. you still could carry it. Yeah. You just don't get the symptoms, but you can carry it. Still, right. Right. So you yep. don't get sick off of it, but you yeah. can still carry it. That's which a is, weird virus. Which is so fucking weird. Yeah. Well, I will say thank you all for coming to the podcast. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed it. I love to talk. I didn't realize I was going to be on it. <laughs> well, I mean, are you, are you just going to sit there and be a mute? Yes. I was just going to listen. Like, I was yeah. listening to the podcast. Whoa, whoa. Why, 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 no, people yeah. love yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs>